Hello everyone, this is episode number 104 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is May 4th, 2018. That's Jay's keyboard. Yeah, it is. Hello. Spoilers? Now you told everybody I'm here. Yeah, I need to turn up my mic sensitivity. Hold on. I'm Robert Ring. Are you? How's it going? It's going pretty good. How's that? Me... Huh? There you go. It's better. Uh, I, was, I was just... Um, I'm good. It's Friday. I am excited to absolutely nothing. I got. I just got back from South Africa. Yeah, that's interesting. And I've never been there. I had never been anywhere like that before. It, it was a pretty oh. sweet trip. Um, but you but, pulled a lot of people. Everybody would say the same thing. I've never been to South Africa. Oh no! Yeah. yeah, we we saw some awesome stuff, but um, we were on the plane, and this was on the way down there. Mm-hmm. Oh no! I'm sorry. I th- no, I, th- I think it was. I'm sorry. It was on the way back. <laughs> so he got on the plane, and uh, my seat was like directly across from from the bathroom, and so I'm oh, sitting that's there. Annoying. It actually it actually was kind of nice because I got really? to see when it was vacant or not, so I didn't have to like walk all the way up there, stand Hover. around and wait. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I fucking hate that, sir. Can you please sit down? I just got up to pee. I know, but can you please sit down? Yeah, I I hate that also. Um, on the way down there, it was just like that. I'll get up, walk up there. Yep. There's people there. So I come back and do it like five more times before I finally get it. But anyway, so this was nice. So I got to like see when I, when it was available and it was just like right there. So I just stand up and like take two steps and I'm in the bathroom. But, um, there was some, some like, some like six year old dude went into the bathroom and, okay. um, you know, he was in there long enough to where you could deduce that he was doing more than just peeing. And oh. so, masturbating? Uh, well, possibly, but that's—I don't think so. And that uh, time to drink water. Was a uh, one of the flight attendants went to go like this was before we even took off. By the way, she like went to go. I don't know, like check on the bathroom or something. And so she went and like grabbed the handle to pull the door open. You know, and apparently this guy did not lock the door. Oh, no. And she just opened <laughs> the door and pulled it wide open. So and I, Did you I, like it? I wasn't, I, I wasn't in a position to actually see in the door. Um, but she opened the door and screamed like the loudest I have heard somebody scream and slammed it shut. On, on a plane. Oh, that's the worst <laughs> thing you could ever do. Are you kidding me? Imagine, no. My first thought... We're all dead. That that would literally. Well, it, was, it was a nice run. I made it to twenty nine. Not quite thirty, but it was a good run. <laughs> How can you go into a uh, airplane bathroom and not make a hundred percent sure you locked it? Yeah, I mean, I don't even think the door stays shut at all. Like if it's not locked, you know what I mean? Like it, I feel like it's not. No, it, it stays shut. They stay shut. Oh, that's interesting. Because you can't lock. Because I mean, otherwise, if you're not, if there's nobody in there, you can't have it just like swinging open and stuff. I guess that's true. Oh, so. Um, I, uh, we, we had to do a sort of an emergency, emergency situation today. Um, I, one of the, one of the things I oversee is I help with uh, logistics on transporting vehicles and we had to get a 30, 30 foot box truck. We had to get it out of this location and we had to get it somewhere stored over the weekend. So we found an airport that was like a quarter of a mile away. And I was like, Oh, and one of my coworkers was like, let's do that. Let's drop at the airport. And I said, 
Isn't that a little suspicious though? We're just gonna be randomly dropping off this big ass van. So, so a random dude is gonna drive the vehicle to the, to the airport <laughs> and then leave it there, and some other dude's gonna come by on Tuesday <laughs> and pick it up. They are gonna think this is a freaking bomb. Like that's and so I called the airport and the lady goes, Oh no, that happens all the time. Like you haul does it. And I'm like, oh really? She's like, Yeah, we, we don't think anything of it. I'm like, that's a little suspicious, but okay. <laughs> That was probably a trap to get y'all to do it so they could arrest you. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I just don't, I, I didn't want because it's it's one of my clients' vehicles. I didn't want to get a call from the FBI saying that their vehicle's been <laughs> been detained and for questioning. <laughs> that's true. That's a good. That you have good, a bomb in you. That's good thinking ahead on your part on that one. Oh yeah, I, I always think about how can I be held liable and get in trouble for X, Y, or Z. <laughs> that's a that's that's a good way of living life. I think. How can I be held well, liable? for No, this? outside work. I come on. I don't. I don't care. Oh, that's true. I guess, yeah. But still, at least, hey, no, just in work. In in work is uh, at work is the way to think about that. Sometimes, Robert, Robert, what? Robert. I'm here for the quote of the year. Or maybe last year. I'm here for a good time. Hold on. Hold on. Well, oh, sorry, I was lagging. God, did you not hear that? Am I lagging? Oh no, my. You said I'm quote of the year. I'm here for a good time. Yeah, I'm here for a good time. Not a not a long time. Oh, God. Okay, okay. I you haven't it. heard that before? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, no, that's wow. a good one. Though. I haven't heard it, but it is a good one. Love it. You ready to talk about some uh, classic video game-centered news? I like it. It's bold. It's brash. All right. Atari VCS. You know this little this Atari console that they're coming out with sometime? Yeah. That we've been talking about? Well, they were supposed to have pre-orders uh, several months back. It was like... I feel like it was sometime in fall of last year. And the day before the pre-orders, they said they were going to postpone the pre-orders. Why? I don't. I don't remember if they said. But uh, anyway, pre-orders for the Atari VCS are now going to open May thirtieth. Interesting. Um. They they released a little tiny bit more information about the console. At least I think this is new stuff. I hadn't heard it before. It's going to have. They say uh, more than 100 games, more than 100 like classic Atari games on it, and it's going to run on uh, some sort of Linux, like some oh, some cool. okay. some some Linux distribution. Makes sense. And that's it. No, there's no release date still. Uh, no, I, I don't believe there's any like hardware specs, and I don't know if there's yet a great reason to be excited. Still, hmm. this is just like not garnering the type yeah. of hype I think it needs. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, and that's really big in, in today's world. Like, it, it really seems like when new things are coming out, they sort of snowball. Like, if it's big, it go, it gets super big. But if it's like kind of people are like, eh, it's gonna be like, eh, till be till it's released. Yeah. So, still not incredibly exciting, but that's the more that's the new information on the Atari VCS. Uh, Star Wars Episode One Racer is now is now available for PC on GOG. This was supposed. I think I played this a little bit, but I don't really remember much about it. Supposedly, this was a pretty good racing game. Hmm. Uh, I've, I've heard that it's like was one of the better games on Dreamcast. I think I might have played it on. I don't know. I, I feel like I played a, played some version of it. Um, but a lot of people, supposedly, it seems like, from what I hear, really like this game. So, anyway, that's out now on GOG, if you're interested in that. And uh, the only other piece of news is, you know, last episode we had our uh, 
picks for the nominees that we wanted in, that we yeah. would like to have been inducted into the World Video Game Hall of Fame. Well, yep. the inductees have been inducted. Or the, no, cool. the yeah, the inducted, yeah. Whatever. I actually haven't seen this, so I'm actually excited to hear this. So this is the Strong Museum of Plays World Video Game Hall of Fame. Do you want to read our list real quick before you, uh, you have them by chance or not? Um, I might, hold on. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe we could just say ours that way. Um... Sorry to put you on the spot. No, first I'll, uh, I'll pull up the, okay, so the list of inductees... Or not inductees, but of, of nominees for this year. The yeah, nominees gosh. were Dance Dance Revolution, Tomb Raider, Half-Life, Metroid, John Madden Football, Final Fantasy VII, Minecraft, Asteroids, Space War, Call of Duty, King's Quest, Miss Pac-Man. Okay, they... so let's do this real quick. If, which one of the of the ones that you just listed off would piss you off if it did not make it through this year? Mine would be Final Fantasy VII. Uh, <laughs> I, would, I would say Final Fantasy VII as well. That that one out of the rest of I think, yeah. Okay. If we're saying the one that would piss me off the most, yeah, that would be Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Um. The uh, and so we did our list of the top four that we wanted. My list was um out of these, it was John Madden Football, Final Fantasy VII, Minecraft, and Metroid. And yours were. You had what were yours? Oh no! You're asking me. It was yours. Were why would I have them? You had Final Fantasy VII, Dance yep. Dance Revolution, yep. Minecraft, yep. And was it Half Life or? No. Oof! It was either Metroid or Call of Duty. It was, it was Metroid. I think was I did Metroid. Call of Duty or Minecraft. Yeah. Okay. So so anyway, the uh, final list, the games that they inducted were Space War, uh, John Madden Football, Tomb Raider. I'm already tilted, so let's keep going. <laughs> I am too a little bit. And Final Fantasy VII. Well, at least that one went through. Yeah, at least that, exactly. Jesus. That's that was kind of how I felt. At least that one went through. Actually, honestly, out of the rest of the list, like I think, wow, Minecraft and DDR didn't go through. I'm surprised you, that Minecraft you're me didn't. Minecraft didn't go through. Yeah, it didn't. And this is the second time that it's been nominated. Also, I'll be honest with you, their list. I feel like that's kind of inconsistent then, because some of their. I remember looking through some of the things that got inducted, and I was like, okay, I can understand that it's a cultural phenomenon. Like, I don't really care for this, but like, okay, that is one that that is like still a massive culture even now. Yeah, I don't see how Tomb Raider beat a lot of these games. There's about any of them, honestly. Do you want to, do you want to cut this part out? I can, I can give you some reasons why. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I can see Space War, because that is like the first video game ever. And John yeah. Madden Football, of yeah. course, because that was on my left. Obviously, Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. But I don't see how Tomb Raider... I can see how Tomb Raider beats King's Quest and Call of Duty and, and DDR, and that's it. I don't see how Tomb Raider beats... Um, Metroid or Half-Life or uh, Minecraft? I, I think Metroid is definitely, like, that should definitely be up there. I think, I honestly think DDR should beat, beat it out, too, because the reason I say this is because, I mean, DDR, again, was was a really big culture for several years. Like, it, it became, it was another cultural phenomenon. I started keep using that word, but, I mean, it really was. It came in, it was like, holy shit, like, everybody's doing this. This is a thing. It only lasted probably, what, five, maybe ten years? So anyway, those were the games. <laughs> There's the list. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, those are good. You ready to talk about the games we've been playing? Oh, yeah. Who who you want to go first? Oh, no, flip the coin. All right, flip the coin. Consistent. can't be unfair to the coin, Robert. Uh, I get to go first. 
bullshit. I got a. Fucking I got three games. Bullshit. Oh my game. god! Of course. Did you roll three <laughs> times since you have three games? Is that what you did? <laughs> no, I just. I'm just. I, really, I didn't even roll. I just pretended to, and I was like, "Oh, I guess it's me." Is anybody surprised? Mm-mm. All right, the first one, Deus Ex. This is the original. The original for PC. This came out in 2000. Uh, Deus Ex is a. It's a first-person shooter with with pretty heavy RPG slash like character building elements. It's a great description, actually. Yeah, I was thinking the same exact wording. It plays kind of similar to System Shock, or at least System Shock Two. I've never played the original System Shock. If you've ever ever played that, not exactly the same, but but same kind of uh, generally same kind of feel. Um. So it's a first-person shooter, of course. Uh, it's it's pretty heavily story based and uh as i said it's got these rpg elements it also has like skills and in like in augments that you can gain throughout uh the the gameplay so as you like complete mission objectives and that stuff you get basically i don't remember if they call them experience points but you basically get xp and then you can spend them to level up certain skills whether it's shooting whether it's like different types of weapon skills or something like lock picking or hacking stuff like that uh you also get augments so this is like in the future and people are are augmenting their bodies with uh these devices that allow them to you know be stronger or to like have night vision things like that and you're getting these the the augments you just kind of pick up throughout the game or you might like get get an augment and it says like okay this one will allow you to do either this or this and you basically pick one uh, and you you can level up your augments too. You can make them make them better to like strength. You know, if you level it up, then it like just makes it like the strength the boost it gives you is is stronger. When Deus Ex came out, the kind of one of the big things about it was not just the gameplay, but also how the game uh, like sort of responds to the way that you play and the things that you do in game. Like it kind of monitors what you're doing, and it has thing and it kind of like does little things to that that it changes things based on stuff that you do in game. It was kind of one of the first games where like the things you do kind of affect the story a little bit. Mm. Not on any broad scale, but uh like for instance, on the very first mission, you can kind of play it however you want. You can kind of go guns blazing or play a little bit more stealthy uh and or you can kind of like try to talk to people and get stuff that kind of, you know, as opposed to like just shooting past everybody. I played a little bit stealthy on the first mission. And then when I went back to the base, uh, when I got back to the base and they sent me down to like the armory, they were like, Oh, go see so-and-so he's going to give you something. The guy was like, Oh, okay. I see how you, uh, he was like, I I see how you like to perform. Here's a stealth pistol. So like little, little things like that, which isn't, you know, it's nothing huge now, but at the time, like that was pretty novel for it oh, to yeah. be, for you be like, holy crap! They saw that I that I played stealthy, and that actually affected the way that the game you know acted towards me. I remember specifically the uh, the first thing that I that I uh, one of the first things that like I noticed as far as this goes when I played the game when it originally came out was when you so you finish this first uh, mission, and then like I said, you go back to your base which is kind of in the same proximity. You actually like walk back to your base and then go inside and go through all these doors. And you're basically going back to talk to your boss. 
Well, when you get back to the base, you're kind of, you know, it's the first time that you as the player have seen it. So you're kind of exploring just like any other game like this and, uh, you know, checking out any rooms you see on the way, uh, see if there's any like thing you can pick up or maybe just like looking around seeing what's there. And there's bathrooms. And so you go into, you know, the, whichever one's first, you go into the men's restroom, look around there, see if there's anything, go into the women's restroom, see if there's anything. Then, uh, you know, see other rooms and then you finally get to where you're supposed to go talk to your boss. And when I went to talk to my boss, he like gave me a rundown of the mission. And then at the end he goes, oh, hey, by the way, stay out of the women's restroom, please. And so like, that was like, I was like, oh, they knew that I went into the women's restroom. That's amazing. So that was like, that was the thing that stood out to me when I first played it. That's so funny. <laughs> I was I was thinking they just said it no matter what, just assuming like like just assuming no. that every guy who plays it's like <laughs> the first thing they do is like I'm going to the women's restroom. No, yeah, that's funny because I specifically did not do it on this playthrough and he didn't say anything about it. That's funny. Um, and like there were other things where like uh one of the uh, one of the other soldiers like made fun of me on the first mission for not saving a hostage that I was supposed to save. He was like, "Oh, we took care of the hostage for you, by the way." He was like, "Good, good, good jobs doing that." I was like, thanks, asshole. You can also, like, there's, this is also, this is all on the first mission. There's the guy that you, uh, that you're kind of, like, supposed to essentially capture at the end of the first mission. You find him, and then he, like, uh, gives you this information, and you're like, all right, well, you're under arrest or whatever. It'll let you just, like, kill him right there if you want to. Like, you're not supposed to. I'm sure you get reprimanded if you do. I, I, I did it just to see if I could. But then I loaded my game like back to right before I killed him, so I could go on because I didn't know if like I might get like less money for completing the mission if I killed him. But it'll let you kill him and just go on like normal. So uh, it gives you a lot of leeway as to kind of like how you want to play. The uh, so I mentioned that you are leveling your skills and you have you have skills for each different type of weapon. So you have like heavy weapon skill and like uh pistols and rifles which includes sniper rifles and assault rifles for things like the pistols and the heavy weapons it affects your accuracy as well as the damage it does i believe and when you just like there's only four levels of of leveling up one of these skills i believe everything starts off at the obviously level one and you get to choose a few right off the bat to go ahead and level up before you even start so I went ahead and put one point into pistols. And even then, like, the accuracy is kind of all over. the Like, it does the thing where it's got, like, the reticle in front of you where you're aiming, of course. And then it's got, like, a box around it. And, you know, when you're moving, the box kind of gets bigger. Have you ever played a game that does this? And it's, like, the box is, like, if you shoot, then the bullet could land anywhere in this box. <laughs> and then if you stop moving then the box slowly gets smaller and smaller. It kind of like is to simulate you like standing still and aiming, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the box gets like slowly, slowly gets smaller and smaller. So it's like, okay, well now there's like, you know, less area, you know, less variance of where the bullet is right. going to go. This does that, but like the box is really big and it gets small very slowly. Uh, particular, well, at least until you get like the higher uh, pistol levels. So... You are like basically wildly inaccurate for the first for the first few hours of the game. And that's not really that fun. Like if I'm playing it for like I, I, I understand why they do that, but as a first person shooter, it makes combat just like 
well, you know, there's there's no sense in me really trying. I have this like I basically have like 30% of the screen is what I could possibly be hitting. So you just point at one guy and just like start shooting over and over. And like after 10 shots, you might hit him, you know, three times, which is usually it's like three or four times to kill him. That reminds me of, of like original uh, Elder Scroll Morrowind. You remember? Oh the, yeah, that's when a good you're point. just in there swinging, and every sixty swings <laughs> you might get a hit. It's like a yeah. little bit. You're like, all right, that one took sixty hits. This one will be a little bit better. And then you swing, and you're like fifty-five. All right, let's go. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, it really is kind of similar to that. I hadn't thought about that. So that's not that fun. Um, I do like the, the the character building aspect of the game, where you're kind of choosing what you want your guy sure. to be like. But when it comes down to the shooting mechanics, uh, they're just not fun. At least for me. When I first played this game, I loved it, and I mm-hmm. didn't have any problem with that. Now going back to it, you know, given that this is a first-person shooter, it feels like I should be rewarded a little bit more for my own skill, you know, aiming and stuff like that, and not have it to be 90... Huh? Are you entitled to Zoda, sir? Am I... Entitled? Entitled? Uh, I think I am a little bit entitled because if I'm pointing at a bad guy, I should at least get pretty close to shooting him. The story is pretty good. I won't go into it in depth, but it's it's uh, basically kind of a uh, the government's taken over everything, and there's this disease killing everybody, and there's rumors that like the government uh, themselves were the ones who kind of start like created the disease so that they could control everybody. Cause everybody needs these, uh, this, this vaccine f- uh, in order to become, in order to avoid becoming infected. Does, so the, the idea does the vaccine, is, does the vaccine cause autism out of curiosity? <laughs> All vaccines cause autism. Of course it does. Jay. Uh, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that was a good one. I liked it. Uh, no, no, I've lost track. But anyway. <laughs> You're talking about the vaccine, the fact that, that everybody has to take yeah, it. Yeah, everybody gets autism is the point of the game. And um, so there's and the, so the story is good. There's there's I like how also how there's multiple like ways you can complete most of the missions. Like most of them have like like several different routes you can do. You can kind of like, like I said, if you want to go guns blazing, then you just kind of like Go in the main entrance of wherever it is you're trying to get and shoot everybody who gets, who's, is in your way. Or you can like find a side entrance, or you can find like a vent, uh, or you can go around talk to people, find like passwords to get in through doors, you know, that are like secret doors that are on the side, that kind of stuff. So there's usually like two or three different ways to get from one point to another. That's cool. Ultimately, I c- I couldn't stay interested in this game. I got like five hours in. And it just, it just wasn't hooking me anymore. When I, when this game first came out, I absolutely loved it. And I played the whole game, uh, beginning to end, with like without getting bored once. Hmm. Going back and doing it now, it just wasn't enough to keep me interested. I think it's since the combat isn't really fun, um, which is a big part of it because. There are other things that it could do, but it doesn't do a whole lot other. It doesn't really redeem itself in too many other ways, from a modern perspective. Again, when it came out, when it first came out, it did lots of cool stuff that that other games right. hadn't done, and it deserves a lot of praise for that. But now, the combat's not that fun. You have these. You can do these things like I was talking about that that'll change little minor aspects of the way the game plays out, but you can't really make any 
like truly impactful choices that anything that's going to like you know largely affect the 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 plot of the game. Uh, so so since you can't do much in that sense, and since the combat isn't great, basically you're running around talking to people, picking up tons and tons of ammo all, all over the place, which is like you just find ammo everywhere, uh, and you and you always need lots of ammo. So you're picking up every bit of ammo you can find. Uh, figuring out how to get through like doors here and there, whether you're going to try to find the password or hack it or pick a lock or whatever. Sure. Um, occasionally getting into some like essentially mediocre combat and then every once in a while advancing the story a little bit, which is, you know, the story is pretty good, but it's just not enough to keep me playing for, you know, 15 or 20 hours or however long it takes to beat the whole game. I played one of the newer ones when it came out, and I had a actually a very similar experience with it. I thought really? it was amazing. The intro, I forget which one it was. It was the one that came out like maybe like five years ago. Was it? Um, uh, it's is was is it mankind mankind divided? Mankind divided maybe. Is I that right? It started with an M. It sounds right. The cover was like him facing the camera with like a shattering yellow background. Yeah, I know which one. You're, oh, that's that's I think that's the one that I just bought. Um, it was. No, 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 I'm sorry. Mankind Divided is, is like the newest one. I think you're talking about Human Revolution. That's, that sounds correct. Okay. Yeah, that was way off. Um, yeah, I had a very similar experience. I, I bought it uh, one of the first couple days it came out, which I don't normally do. Um, I played it for, I played it for like six hours straight, and I really got into it, loved the story. And then very similar to my experience with Skyrim, there was just so many like other like little things going on that I kind of got distracted, and, hmm. and I really just... I kind of fell off, and I, I actually, when I, I, I've had that experience with other games before, and what I usually do is I'll actually restart, just kind of get the, the fuel, like, you know, kind of get it kickstarted again, get back into the story, and I, I can't tell you, like, within, like, five or six hours, I fell right into the same trap, I got distracted, oh, is it? Okay. Um, I got fell off, I got distracted, and I, I just stopped playing, I have not played since. Really? Not played since, yeah, 100%. I've been wanting to get to this one recently, I just bought it not that long ago, um, but yeah, I can I can see that. I I know I I understand what you're saying. This yeah, one, it's I, crazy. I was disappointed that I didn't love it nearly as much as I did when it originally came out. <laughs> but that's just kind of what happens. Some of the some of them some of them just don't age well. It's true. It's very true. All right, the next one that I played was Wario Land. Oh, did you really? Awesome. Yeah. What you? Th- oh, I can't wait to hear this. I didn't like it. What? Wait, which one? The original? Uh, yeah, for Game Boy. Okay, okay. I, I, I'm not too fond of that one, so... I'm okay. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I mean, uh, th- uh, there's one that I really like, but that's not it. Okay. You you played this one for the podcast. I played Wario Land 2 for the podcast. Well, you told Pretty us sure. you told us it was Wario Land Super Mario Land 3, which is the original Wario Land. Oh, is that... Okay, hold on. Let me look at this thing, because... Hmm, I had the, that backwards, or I had that wrong then. But no, I, I did play the the one with the golden coins, the Super Mario Brothers. What's it called? Super Mario Brothers Two. Yeah, that's that's a different. Okay. One. That's a whole different one though. Hold on. Can you link me the game you played? I want to see if, if it's the one that I'm thinking of. Yeah, hold on. Cool. Yeah, sorry. Those, those games are really easy to mix up due to the. Yeah, I know. There's Wario of... Land, Super Mario Land Three is the first Wario Land, and then um, there's and then they just goes Wario Land Two and Wario Land Three. That's the one. I, that one. That is my. F- oh, that one. You, wait, did you you play that one right there? This one, yeah. Yeah. Th- this is the one that I was saying was so difficult. This one, I I've gotten the last boss a couple different times and not beaten it. So, but so you you like this one because it sounded like because you liked it in the episode because I went back and listened. to I it. I like it. I like it, but I don't love it. It's 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 enjoyable due to the challenge, but there are some really frustrating mechanics about it. 
Okay, that's funny because part of... It must get hard later because part of the reason I didn't like it was because it was, like, mind-numbingly easy. Hmm. Um, not, not like, extremely easy, but it's, like... It wasn't like it's kind of hard to explain. It wasn't so super easy, but it wasn't it wasn't challenging either. It was just kind of dull wow. in the middle. Uh, so that's interesting. This is the so this is so once again this is Wario Land Super Mario Land Three is the full name yes. of the game. It is the third Super Mario Land game for Game Boy, but it is the first. Um, but it start but you play as Wario. It's the first Wario game. Wario was introduced in Super Mario Land 2. He was the final boss. That was the first time he uh, ever appeared, ever. And then this one, which was a sequel to that Super Mario Land game, is a Wario game. That's why the title is so confusing. Uh, so you play as Wario. The, the Hold game... on a second. Man. Hold on a second. Let, let's pause for a second. Because I was thinking this is the game where Wario is the last boss. So let me see this game. Mm. I want to make sure I play Super Mario Land 2 is when Wario is the last boss. <laughs> Sorry, I just want to make sure I'm That's talking cool. about the right thing before I look stupid. I already have. Let's see. No, th- this is... I love this. Oh, it is... Okay, let, let's read this <laughs> in. So, I love this game, but it is very easy. It is very okay, easy. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yes, I love this game because of the puzzles. I really like the, the puzzle aspect of it, of, of trying to get all the hidden levels so you can get all the... Cause you know how like yeah you, you talked about you talked about that yeah. a little bit on the yeah yeah other okay one. but I no, didn't I didn't see I didn't I never found any of these hidden levels I thought it was two interesting okay so it's the third one yeah this is definitely the third one this is the first Wario yeah. one no 100%. this this I, I know this game this is a, a very I've really enjoyed this game um so you play as Wario uh and it's it's kind of like a Mario game but it's got some key differences so. There's not a whole lot. I mean, it is a platformer, but there's not really a whole lot of actual platforming, at least not in the sense that's like, oh, here's this difficult, you know, thing sure. you got to do platforming wise. Uh, there's bad guys walking around, but the, what, what the the key mechanic that's different in Wario Land is he basically dashes at people. That's how he or a bad guys. That's his attack. You you can jump on bad guys' heads just like Mario, but um, his main thing is like you dash into them. And you uh, you can get different hats, which give you different abilities. Sometimes some of them like actually take away the dash. And like there's a dragon one, for instance, that instead yeah. of dashing it, you breathe fire. And it's then like there's the one. is that the one where you like go like hover through the air basically? Like, yeah, you, you fly you fly, yeah, you fly horizontal for like five seconds and then you drop. Yeah, yeah. That's this one you dash and like it like jets shoot out from behind the hat and you can like dash while in the air basically and you go like a pretty long ways. There's the horns, and the which horns allow you to cling to the building or to they, the ceiling. They what? They allow you to cling to the ceiling. Oh, I don't know if I ever. Yeah, the horn. Yeah, it's the so that. you get the, the basic hat. The basic one is like the safari looking hat, and then if you get the horns, you can. I don't. I think you charge and you can break more difficult blocks, and you can also cling okay. to the ceiling. I I got the horns. I never knew that you could cling to the ceiling with them. Yeah, it, the first time I did it, it was I did it mistakenly, and I was like, okay. oh shit, that's cool. Yeah. And that's basically the gist of the game. Like Jay said, there's some parts where there's like blocks that you have to dash through. Um, but most of it is just like you going around. If there's a bad guy, you dash into him or you can jump on him or just avoid him. And, uh, and that's pretty much it. And then you get to the end of the level. And, uh, normally you have to have 
not and not this isn't true for all the levels but on some of them like you have to have gotten enough coins to be able to like like pay to open the door to the end of the level <laughs> 10 yeah it's just, just 10 coins yeah usually there's no problem finding that but sometimes it's just open for you and sometimes you have to pay to open it I like how, so so one of the other mechanics you can do is you can pull 10 coins out of your pocket, out of your bank, like that you have for that level, mm-hmm. and you can raise it as one big-ass coin. I, I like that mechanic. Oh, you can throw it at people. Yeah, yeah. there's other uses for it than just, you know, than, than just oh, ending a level. There's a couple minor spots. But let me ask you this. If the game was more difficult and the levels were a little bit longer, wouldn't that be a really, really good game? Um, I don't even think the levels necessarily need to be longer. I think if they were just a little bit more difficult... Um, but yeah, I think so. I think it would be really fun. I think fun. the mechanics are great, especially for that time. Like the mechanics of the hats and just kind of the overall feeling of the game. I think it's excellent. Yeah, I think time. it's neat. I think it's creative. Uh, Mar- uh, Wario is is kind of ridiculous and fun. And uh, but just like you were, yeah, like the level design just isn't great. There's there was every time I died, it was just because I did something stupid and I was getting careless. It wasn't ever because I was like, oh, this level's so hard. Like this part was so challenging. You have to play it just right. It's like, no, I accidentally like walked in front of a bad guy, you know, uh, there's like, you're just walking around dashing into bad guys and moving on. And that's, that's all there is to it. Some of the, well, I only got through the second world. The, um, the second boss had me a little tripped up, like the second, like the boss for the second world had me a little bit tripped up at first, but then like once you figure out how to beat him, it's like you basically have to hit him like one time to kill him. Um, I also didn't really like how you, uh, at the end of every single level, it makes you do, makes you play the little mini games to like try to get more lives. You don't have to. You can actually leave without doing either of them. Can you? I did, I yeah, yeah, you just go to the right. Yeah, oh, I know. I didn't know that. I wish I would explain that as well, because I'll be honest with you, I fell into the same trap. Yes, at the end of every level, you have the choice of either gambling for extra lives or doubling the gold you've, or the coins you've obtained for the level, or you can skip it entirely. And what's strategically funny enough, the best thing to do is to double your coins every time. Because <laughs> you actually need a lot of coins for a certain portion of the game. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't yeah, know that. There I are like levels, the hearts. Yeah, there's levels like you spam to get a bunch of extra gold, and then um, you like double down at the end of the level every time. Okay. The, the presentation of the game is really good. The, you know, for, for a Game Boy game, the graphics are, the, it looks fine. It looks good. More, uh, Wario looks funny, as always. The music is, like, 100% perfect for a Wario game. It's not, like, particularly great, but it has the, like, I can't explain it really, but it has this Wario feel where it's, like, you know, as opposed to something like Mario, which has just a nice upbeat feel and it's just like, you know, a little bit catchy to listen to Wario's Wario Land's music is like more like, like does that make sense? Just kind of like there are a couple soundtracks. I know exactly what you mean. Like it makes it, they almost sound this is kind of a weird way to put, but it almost sounds like lethargic and overweight. Like there's yeah, yeah, songs, yeah, but, that's exactly okay, okay. you know what I'm talking. I about. do okay. know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of tracks I'm just like, it's so warrior. Like, I can just imagine him, like, laying on the couch eating Cheetos and, like, farting while it's playing. And just like, <laughs> hey, like that's exactly what we're listening. That's exactly what we're looking for. Yeah. Um, my, my favorite thing about the game, I think, is when you get hit and you turn into Little Wario. Little oh, yeah. Wario looks like such a little asshole. <laughs> I know. Doesn't he look like a little chode? I love his little faux hawk. Like, he's, like, yeah. partially... 
He's like he's like a forty year old guy who or a thirty year old guy who's balding prematurely, so he does the the fucking faux hawk to try and redeem himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. That's exactly. He looks so funny. Uh, that was like when I saw that, I was like, okay, this is this is automatically my favorite damn thing about this game. It was so good. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, music's good. I, I actually I, I do enjoy a lot of the music, and the sound effects aren't bad as well. Uh, especially I like some of the noises, like the the, the uh, hold on a second, I gotta kill somebody. Oh shit, that's a lot of horde. Yeah, I'm running. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Okay, that was you. Hmm. You were saying something. I don't remember what. Mm, sounds like something I would do. <laughs> so anyway. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. So that's all. That's all. That's all I had. Nice. Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's a good choice. I'm glad you tried it because it is one of those games that I look at. It's one of those games I look at very fondly, and I imagine a lot of people uh, don't feel the same way about it. To be honest, I, with I feel like a lot of people like it. Hmm. I could be wrong. That's 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 what I thought. Anyway, I've got the other two, so I'll, I'll oh, play damn. them two at some point. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. And finally, the last game that I played is the greatest um, beat 'em up. Of all time. Interesting. That would be Turtles in Time for the Super Nintendo. This came out in 1991. And this game is awesome. I don't, like most of us, I don't even like beat-em-ups anymore. Because they just are dull. They're just boring and mindless. Uh, They used to be fun 25 years ago. But uh, they're not anymore. But this one is still pretty fun. It's probably the only beat-em-up that I can still play and actually enjoy. So I, you know, I told you I had a friend over a few weeks ago, and he came to visit, one of my best friends from high school, and uh, we, we sat around and just, like, played a bunch of video games for, for two days while he was here. This <laughs> was one of them, and this is one of the ones that we had the most fun with. Uh, the, the So it's just a, you know, a side-scrolling beat-em-up, and that's all there is to it. But the game like is presented so it. well. The you, you turn on the game, and it's and it's and it's got the uh, Ninja Turtles music. It's you wait for it. You see a, a little title screen for a second, then it's dun 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 dun. Yep. dun, dun. You're like, oh shit! And it's like shows the like a little kind of like a sort of a, like a montage of the turtles like jumping in, like doing like like swinging their swords and like the nunchucks and all that stuff. And uh, and it just gets you ready to go. You start playing. The game looks awesome. It's very bright and colorful. The the turtles look great. The environments are fun. There's one. What's the big giant robot that Krang lives inside some of the time? You know uh, what I'm talking about? Shit. Krang. Uh, yeah, you're right. So Krang is the brain. Shit, you know, what's his name? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the yeah. big thing where he like, sits in its stomach sort of. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. That creepy looking... Yeah, well, anyway, there's, like, the first level, you're fighting bad guys on this, like, bridge, and uh, he's in the background, like, just his head is, and he's shooting lasers at you from his eyes. <laughs> you're fighting bunches of, 90% of the time, you're just fighting Foot Clan guys, but there are, different, there's, there are different ones that, like, some of them, like, might throw bombs at you, or some of them just, like, attack regular. Uh, there, there is a little bit of a variety, not, not a whole lot in them, really, but there's, there's a little bit. Uh, you have moves where, you know, you've got the classic move where you throw a bad guy at the screen and you, you like, see oh, him yeah. flying towards the screen. That's fun. It's, uh, the, the bosses are cool. It's got, you know, the, like most of the classic, uh, Ninja Turtles, like villains are, are the bosses yep. throughout the game. There's a, uh, like I said, the, the, 
level does it like the level i mean there's nothing to the level design itself really but the like the visuals of every level they 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 do a lot to mix it up especially when you like go like you say you encounter shredder very early and then he sends you back in time hence the name turtles in time you start off in prehistoric times so you're on like a dinosaur level then after that there's a you're on a pirate ship level and when you fight uh the boss for that level is bebop and rocksteady dressed up as pirates so that's kind of hilarious then there's there's one or two more uh like in the past type levels and then there are a couple futuristic levels one of them you're on these little hovercrafts and it looks sort of like an f-zero stage yeah and then um and like that's pretty much all there is to it but it's just they do such a good job of keeping it visually interesting, I think, that it just remains fun to play throughout. Just kind of see what there is. The, the music throughout all the levels is good. You know, not just the intro music, but all the level music is good. And it also has some of the best box art ever made for any video game. The box art for Tur- for Turtles in Time is fucking awesome. It shows the Ninja Turtles. I, I, I know I've talked about this on the podcast before. It's got them. They're in, they're in like a purple vortex where I guess they're being sucked in time, and all the Ninja Turtles look like very detailed and like angry. And then there's like a dinosaur in the background. There's a train in the background. Statue there's a pirate ship. Yeah, Statue of Liberty. There's all this stuff floating around. Uh, it is just so cool. So so the game is very is is pretty limited because it is just a beat 'em up, just like all the other classic ones were, but. As far as beat 'em up go, this is the best because just because of of all of the just because it looks so good and sounds so good all the way through. Don't worry about the gameplay. Just like <laughs> don't worry about the game. <laughs> don't worry about that. Just play it and good mash caveat. buttons and just like look at it and listen to it and and you will have a good time with this game. All right, Jay, it's time to hear about what you've been playing. Actually, it's a little bit of a rinse and repeat from, from the last time we actually talked about it. So after I played a bunch of uh, Heroes of My Magic 2 for the podcast, I started playing 3 again. Uh, one of my one of my buddies came over and we played a decent amount of, of Heroes of My Magic 3, which was super fun. I uh, It's been a while since I played and I actually finished a game. And for anybody who plays Hero, Heroes of Might and Magic, it's, a, it's an achievement in the zone just because the games tend to take an extent. They, they just take a long time. Oh, did they? <laughs> they I didn't t- know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like a small map in Heroes of Might and Magic, like, Four to six hours. A large map can take an like, oh yeah, it's it's like the, the big maps. I'm not even joking. Like they'll probably take you sixteen hours of. of oh wait, oh like, you said oh, you said four. T- I thought you said forty six. Oh no, you said four, four to, to six. six. Okay, four to six. I was like, my, fucking my hell. No, four four to six hours. Um, yeah, so it's a, it, excellent game. I talked about the whole the whole style of the game last time. Uh, Heroes three. There are some quality of life. It, quality of life adjustments that are nice, as I kind of alluded to in the last episode, um, I don't really think they're needed. Um, I, I don't really think that, that uh, you, you know, like there are certain games you play the, old, the the newest version, you're like, this is great. And then you go back and play the old one, you're like, oh, it's missing X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. This is kind of unplayable and by today's standards. And this, uh, the third one, it, there's not too many changes. There's some new content that they added. There's uh, some new heroes that they added. Uh, they reallocated a lot of the creatures that are part of the factions, which kind of mixed opinions i know some people are, are not super fond of it I, I agree with certain certain factions where they, they they tried to balance the game as best they could and honestly they kind of did quite the opposite they added a new faction which is usually one of the more one of the stronger ones um based on some of the reading that i've done and some of the games i've played um 
But the rest of the game, it, it's just very smooth. Uh, the campaign, I think, is a lot better in this one. Um, it's You kind of get more engrossed into it, but it still has the same punishing elements. Uh, what I've noticed when games get newer and newer, the, the more punishing elements of games kind of get removed. This is insane. Like The very first level, I lost very early on. And I had a really good strategy. I went for an early macro-oriented build. Um, I got, two, I got, you start with two bases. And then I was kind of macroing the map really hard, leveling up my heroes. And then I saw the enemy hero, and I was like, oh, my army's way stronger than his. This is going to be cake. Well, I get into the fight, and he uses a very powerful spell, eliminates a good, more, good majority of my, my party. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is kind of, it's kind of bad. So I'm like, okay, well, in, in Heroes of Might and Magic, when you're in combat, you have the option to retreat. And if you retreat, you lose all your units, but you maintain your heroes so you don't lose all your experience, et cetera, et cetera. So I go to retreat, and he acquired an item called the Shackles of War, which negates the ability to retreat from combat. So he killed me. And I, you literally lose because it's a, it's a campaign, so it's kind of the story-driven piece of it. And it's so funny because I was like, holy shit, this NPC just, just railed me it, within 25, 30 minutes of playing this level. Of course, I played again and absolutely smashed him just to gain what ego I had left. Um, <laughs> and, and then I played a couple of, uh, I played a couple of cus- uh, the, uh, what do you call them, the skirmish-type maps. And, oh my gosh, this game is so fun. I love playing different factions. I actually, I really enjoy playing random each time just to get, uh, just get a real good sense of, of, of the different types of units that are uh, usable and just to kind of see different strategies. I mean, the s- same stuff we got excited about playing StarCraft for, right? Just to try the different factions out, see different yeah, yeah. builds, uh, the kind of the ups and downs of playing them. Um, but super fun game. I'm actually, uh, two people are going to come over tomorrow. I'm actually going to be playing probably the majority of tomorrow. Uh, it, it, it's it's one of those games you play hot seat and you take turns, like kind of like I, I talked about last time. Oh, right, um, okay. Yeah, so what you do is usually you queue up a different game, like, uh, I must say Kingdom Hearts, Jesus. Uh, no. Super Smash Brothers. Where are you thinking? Like a Super Smash Brothers type game. I don't know how that's even close to each other. But, <laughs> I don't um, know either. So you get like a Super Smash Brothers type game, game going in the background, and then um, you can just kind of rotate turns and do it that way. And it's it's super fun. It, it, it's a great game to, to play with other people. The games, again, do take quite a while um is it about the same as uh heroes 2 that you no, were saying it's longer i think it's longer I, is, I don't know for sure so it's yeah. more wow i i think heroes 3 has uh, average longer gameplay i'm not not for sure on that one i haven't played too many games of heroes 2 but just kind of based on my my experiences so far i would say that that's true damn okay yeah um so on top of that i actually have been continuing my neslock run of pokemon silver so I found a really good emulation of it, Nuzlocke, which for again, people who don't know what it is, uh, there, it, it's something that I guess a community kind of created and then people started coding into uh, emulations of the game. And so what it is essentially, if your Pokemon dies, it's gone for good. So you obviously have to be very cautious and very strategic on when you play aggressive or greedy uh, versus just kind of playing safe. And honestly, from what I've learned so far, you want to play safe majority of the time, like without question. Um, on top of that, the, when you're in an area for the first time, so like let's say you get to Route 32, which is one of the one of the earlier, I think it's 33 actually, sorry, it's one of the earlier portions uh, of the game, you mm-hmm. have to catch the first Pokemon that you encounter, which can be great or it can be bad. So if you go and you get the same Pokemon in the first two starting areas, well, you pretty much have to either take that Pokemon or kill it out of spite and then just not catch it. So literally, when you walk into an area, the first Pokemon you encounter, you have to capture it or you can't. That's the only Pokemon you can catch in that area, which is really frustrating because there's some key Pokemon that you want to get. Obviously, you want to get a mixture of, of different elements, and there are certain Pokemon you just kind of want just to have because they're cool. So if you get bad RNG, you can just get completely fucked out of it, which is kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my first playthrough, I got what uh, what's called a Sentret. It's a, uh, a normal type Pokemon, pretty subpar from, from what I 
from what I've seen in the game so far. And it's I got two of them. I got one in the first area and one in the second area. And I was like, okay, well, this is pointless. <laughs> like, I could get these Pokemon just to use as bodies, or I could just skip them. And, of course, I killed it out of spite and continued on. <laughs> Um, on top of that, your starting Pokemon is random. Now, there are two variations of this. There's one that says you get a random of the three starter Pokemon, which is kind of interesting, or it can literally be absolutely random. So you could open that, that Pokeball, and it could be one of the, you know, however many Pokemon are available in this installment of the game. So you could get a, a badass Pokemon all of one, or you could get an absolute dog shit Pokemon. And your, your starter Pokemon is critical. Um, your your start, starter Pokemon can really determine how your run is going to go, because if you get a bad one, I mean, you're going to have an extremely weak starting Pokemon and I believe they all start at level five. So if you waste that that quick jet to level five on a shitty Pokemon, it can set you back pretty far. And then if you oh, get yeah. bad luck on your first couple catches, again, it can it can take you pretty far back. So, um, so I did one playthrough. I died. I died at the uh, the second gym actually because what what ended up happening was uh, I got to the second gym leader and actually let me roll roll back just a little bit. So I got to the first town and there's this guy that will trade a. Um, not a victory bell. What's the uh, shoot? Do you, do you know Pokemon at all? Not really. No. Okay. I can't think of the name of it. But uh, so he he wants um he wants a Pokemon. It's the first it's the first version of uh, victory bell. But anyways, so he wants the the original form of this Pokemon, and I happen to get one as my first first Pokemon. So I caught it. Uh, I traded it to him, and he gives you an Onix, and I'm like, oh shit, Onix is cool. Like you know, I, in this installment of Pokemon, you can turn them into Steelix too, which is pretty cool. I, mean, it's, I don't think it's very good. I don't, I don't know yet, but uh, it's cool. The Steelix is just a cool concept, right? So I was like, great. So I got Onix, and I was like, great, I'm going to level him, and I got Totodile, which is a water-type Pokemon. So I had a great starting, starting path. I'm like, this is great. Um, I'll smash any Lightning Gyms I come into for now. I'll be able to smash any Fire Gyms very, very well. Same with Earth Gyms. I'm like, this is a great setup. So the problem is, in the Pokemon handhelds, I don't know if you know this, Robert, but if Pokemon are too high level, they will refuse to obey your orders. They will turn away from you. Oh, really? Use different abilities. They'll choose. It'll literally say, like, so, uh, Onyx is goofing off. His name's Rocky, actually. He comes pre-named. His name's Rocky. So I'll say, Rocky's goofing off. Rocky ignores you. Rocky looks away from you. Like, it does all this stuff. And it's a really high chance. We're talking, like, 65% chance on your turn that this happens. And on top of that, he This can is use true for any Pokemon that you've leveled up? Uh, yeah, so the, your your Pokemon, every badge gives you another 10 levels. So the second badge allows a Pokemon up to level 20 to be to, to obey you, and 30 for the third badge. It's to deter you from just grinding one Pokemon to like level 60 really quick and just owning the game. So, so, as, if misses, so as long as you don't have it higher than your badge, then, then it's okay? Yeah, and it's, it's okay. not a common occurrence to have that. Like the first, I think it's kind of common to happen at the very beginning in, in my case, but I think beyond that, it's kind of a rare occurrence. I don't think your Pokemon are going to be level 30 when you're grinding through level 20 zones. I just don't think it's it's very common. Okay. So Onyx, because I traded him, he came in at level 8, so he was substantially higher than the rest of my Pokemon. So as I'm kind of going through this, I'm, I'm starting to notice him missing more and more as he's leveling, and I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, God about this, the badge thing. So I'm like, great, I'll just grind the first two badges real quick, right? And then I'll, I'll kind of macro back and, and gather the Pokemon that I want to get and level the rest of them up. So I'm like, fuck it, I'll just have Onyx decimate the gym. So I get to the the second the second boss, uh, the second gym, his name is Bugsy. He's a Bug-type Pokemon. And he pulls out Scyther. And Scyther has this ability, I can't think of the name of it, but every time it hits, it does twice as much damage as it did the prior turn. So with this 65% chance to miss, it got really bad. So oh, yeah. he went from, you know, he missed. Okay, he does this ability. Let's say it does two. Okay, and your Pokemon probably has like 30 health. 30 health's a lot of, a lot of health. Per Pokemon. So, so he misses, it does two. 
then it does four, then eight, then 16. And your Pokemon have like 20 health. Some of your like regular Pokemon. So I bring out Onyx. He misses twice. So he already has it up to eight at this point, right? I'm like, okay, this is bad. So I bring out my main Pokemon. Critically hits one shot. <laughs> so now he's up to 16 damage. I bring Onyx back out. Onyx misses. Now he's up to 32 damage. Onyx is dead. And I'm, I potion <laughs> and he gets one shot through it. So I'm like, oh, this is bad. So then I bring out my other Pokemon. He just one shots him back, 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 back. And I'm just like, I just lost. I literally just lost oh, my man. game. So I start over. I get, I get the, like I talked, I kind of hinted that earlier. I get the double centric start, which is this garbage. I, I think garbage, um, normal type Pokemon. I get two of them. I die and I lose. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and you would, you would think at this point I'd be so frustrated that I would just be over it. Nope. I played two more times and I'm currently playing my fifth run through. Wow. Um, I'm on my, I'm on my way to the third gym. I have a pretty good start. Um, I got, um, I got Chikorita, I believe her name is the Pokemon's name, which is the, uh, okay. leaf type Pokemon. As a starter Pokemon, um, I did not get the Pokemon that I could trade Onyx for this time, so I don't have him. But I'm having a pretty good start so far. I haven't had any bullshit RNG, um, which has been super duper nice. Um, but yeah, all in all, it's super fun. And I think I'm going to play more and more of these these playthroughs of, uh, of the Nuzlocke. It's just fun. It's, a, it's an interesting challenge. It makes you think differently. And I'm not somebody who's read a lot into this that knows all the super overpowered Pokemon, mm-hmm. and I don't know the meta or all these little like I know certain nuances. Like I know Ghost Box Pokemon are super strong. Like that's a very that's a really common thing. And so like I know certain things. I'm not super well versed in this universe. I'm just kind of experiencing it, and it's very fun. I have to play more more conservative than I would otherwise. I'm usually a greedy player when it comes to Pokemon. I do things like you know bring out multiple Pokemon in a single fight just to just to kind of experience on them or i might think like hmm, i could save the money that i have or i could not use a potion and save money and take the risk <laughs> and then i end yeah. up getting punished it's like oh it's not a big right. deal my pokemon you know my pokemon fainted oh my pokemon fainted it's good yeah <laughs> so it's been super fun and uh, one of my buddies is really big into this as well so he is playing a different one i think he's actually playing pearl which i've actually played for the podcast i played the, the diamond and pearl uh one of the two games and I'm actually more than likely him and I are going to start kind of doing this back and forth, just playing different versions of the game and doing some Nuzlocke runs. Um, and I was also saying, it, it, if you ever want to do it, I don't know how much you enjoy playing Pokemon uh, one night. Just, just let me know because it's, it's it's one of those things you can do. If, like, I, I guarantee your first playthrough, like first five or six hours, you're, you're more than likely going to lose at some point. Oh yeah. So it's just kind of fun. To, it's just kind of fun to like be in call with people and just listen to them rage because like. Yeah. <laughs> If you go to an area and you get like a shitty Pokemon and then you get to this next area and you get another shitty Pokemon and then a third time you're like, dude, fuck this. I'm done. I'm starting over. Like, this <laughs> yeah. is so stupid. Like, I'm going to go to the next gym with absolute dog shit and I'm just going to lose. Like, it's, it's just so fun. <laughs> if, I, if I liked Pokemon, I would definitely be playing this because it sounds really kind of like the type of game that I would like to play. Yeah. Super fun. Uh, both these games are really, really good. Here's My Magic is definitely one of my, my favorite games of all time. I, it's so funny because... Um, Heroes of My Magic is such a unique uh, game style, and it, like I've talked about before, it's not really been uh, updated much. Like we've had some more installments of Heroes of My Magic, but I haven't seen too many like knockoffs or copies or anything because it's just such a bizarre game style, and it's still so good. It's still so fun. So the Heroes of Might and Magic, it was three that you played this time, right, and two that you played the last time. Correct. And I played okay. I played three three for the podcast before I believe. Yeah, I knew um, you. Ha- I thought you had. Which so originally. You liked three more, was that right? Or or you liked three I, and you I hadn't played? I still two? like three more. I, I was okay. very impressed with two. There are certain elements of it that, that I'm like super impressed about. Um, but overall, pl- after playing three again this time, it's just it's just such a good game. And it, 
it has com- the word complete in the title, and I think that's pretty accurate. Minus some some definite balance issues with with some of the factions, but really, it when you're just playing casually with people, it's not a big deal. Like you're not going to notice that much because people just they're not that good, right? Like you're only going to notice that when you start start to get to the the higher caliber players, right? That makes sense. So you, um, I so will you say like the four better. Say it again. So you like three a little bit better still? I think so. I think I think it's more well well rounded game. It's it's easier to get into, and there, there's some some small changes that that I definitely think are are pretty nice. They're not okay. crazy good. Um, they did make a fourth and I believe a fifth one as well. I played the fourth one, and I think I still own it. And I was just like, it just wasn't the same. It was kind of like Final Fantasy Tactics, and then Final Fantasy Tactics A one. If anybody's played those games, like it's just <laughs> it goes from being this kind of punishing, difficult, interesting strategy game to like this overly kind of watered down, simple, a lot easier. Just eh. gotcha. I may give it a shot again sometime. But it, well, my last my last play of it was like six hours, six eight hours, and it, was just, it wasn't worth the money that I paid for it. Okay. Top fives. Top five. Top five ideas for minor character spinoff games. I, uh, my list, some of mine aren't so much minor characters, but they're spinoff that, that, that hadn't happened with, you know, non main characters. Interesting. Okay. I, I was, I was struggling with a little bit with like side characters and minor characters. I was like, is this yeah, a minor yeah. character? One of my, oh, actually, I guess two of minor, I'm kind of like, eh, they're kind of minor characters, but I don't know. They're minor characters in their respective games, I guess. So, um, let's see how we're going to start this. First person to go is going to be me again. How about, look at that. How about that? What are the odds? So my first one, (laughs) I'm going to say any bad guy, uh, a game where you play as like just one of the generic bad guys from Night Trap. So instead of trying to save the people <laughs> in Night Trap from being, you know, captured by these little, these like vampire type guys going around the house, you are playing as one of them and you have to sneak around and try to basically abduct the women that are spending the night in the house. How does that sound? That sounds actually pretty fun. That yeah, sounds that's, like, that's... Uh, what do you have for number five? Number five, I'm sure you're going to appreciate this one. Uh, this was I, I was kind of sifting around, and somebody pointed this out. I thought this would be a good one. Is the any of the the, the side characters from Star Fox? I think any. Ooh, one I of thought the, about that. I thought about that. Yeah, uh, th- this is one of the ones that's kind of teetering. I'm like, well, they're kind of main characters, but not really. Like, because you know, they're 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 incorporated throughout most of the game. But I, I think it'd be super fun to play. Like, just to kind of see how they would expand on their personalities in terms of character development. I think it'd be very interesting because. From you know, from our perspective, we we obviously have the one line quotes from them, but we really don't know much beyond that. To, at least to my knowledge, did they ever divulge more information on them? There was they a star. F- there was like an RPG. Oh, um, I I think was it for Game like Cube? six GameCube. Oh yeah, Star Fox cool. Adventures. I vaguely remember. Didn't he use like yeah. a two-handed weapon? Didn't he use like a maybe, spear or something? Maybe it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. It looks like on the box. I never played it, but on the box art, yeah, he does have like a spear, a spear type yeah. thing. I think I may have rented that one time. Um, actually, this was an, this was an action adventure game. This was not an. I thought it was an RPG. It's not. It's an action adventure RPG strategy RTS first person shooter. Yeah. Manage <laughs> 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 uh, management simulator, uh, but. I actually thought about. I think that's a good one. I, th- I so I don't know if this maybe fleshes out some of the more characters or not. I just know that this game exists. 
my idea for Star Fox, and this wasn't one that made it to my list, but um, if you could play as the uh, the the dog, that's like the general, you know. Mm. Yeah. yeah. What's his name? General. I don't know, but I can picture his mouth moving viciously <laughs> yeah. as he's talking. And like, and turn he's it a into. Bulldog, isn't he? No, he's he's, he's kind of like a bloodhound. Bloodhound. Um, and like, if you were him, and it was like a sort of a strategy game, and you are kind of deploying your fighters around, you know, the map or whatever to try to uh, obviously fight the bad guys. Like, it. it'd be all right, General Pepper. Is his name. General, oh, that's such an awesome name. <laughs> All right. My number four is to play as a NetHack shop owner. Uh-huh. In in NetHack, which is basically the... It's, it's essentially Rogue, but it's like an updated version of Rogue. And if you like anybody who wants to play Rogue or like the most classic Rogue, like they, you, you play NetHack. Hmm. That's not to say... This is the best roguelike game there is. It's just that this is kind of like this is basically the original. Uh, it is rogue, but it's just like a better version of it. So NetHack, there are throughout the dungeons. Every once in a while, you can find a shop. Sometimes they're kind of hidden in the level, and sometimes they're they're not really so much hidden. But you go in there and you can um, like pick up stuff. And when you pick up, if you if you when you pick up an item, you pick up something before you pay for it. You pick up whatever you want, and then kind of like on your way out, you have to make sure you walk yeah. up to the shop owner and pay him. Chocobo Dungeon has that as well. Okay. Which is also and, a roguelike. Yeah. And he will block the door when you yep. like buy something. Can, can and, you bypass it and get attacked by him? Yes. You can do okay. that. Or if you do anything, there there are some things that you can just do inside the shop that will piss him off and make him attack you. Like... I forgot what exactly, but it's like if you cast any sort of spell, I think that he gets angry. Makes sense. And other oh, things like that. Spell. <laughs> exactly. So uh, there are certain things you can do, and he will just wreck you completely. And I always thought about that. Like it's kind of interesting. Like there's this guy who's so badass that he owns a shop in the middle of like this dungeon Seriously? where people are getting killed left and right, and he doesn't even he doesn't even worry about it. He doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. Real. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He does not give a fuck. Very, very well put. And that's that that concept is kind of interesting to me. So I thought it'd be neat to be a game where like you play as a shop owner. I don't know exactly what the mechanics would be, but you know maybe you go out every once in a while fighting bad guys to get more stuff for your shop or something along oh my those gosh. lines. Have you, you played Rest of Tear? Yeah, I've played that and I didn't really care for it. That's that's literally the one you're talking about though. That's that exact it's, style. It is kind of yeah. It is it, it sort of except for in Resetier, you're not like an, an a complete badass. You're just like kind of a regular. You, you know, can become a badass. Uh, well, yeah, but more or less you're like a regular RPG guy. True. True. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I thought that, and and then like every once in a while, you know, dealing with somebody coming in your shop and making sure they're not t- trying to t- steal shit, that kind of stuff. I think that it's would a be one. a pretty good idea. I like that one a lot. That's super cool. In Chocobo Dungeon, it's uh, it's this miniature death with a giant scythe, and if you try to leave the room, he go- and and you, he's like, do you want, do you want to pay? He's here's your here's your bill. He's like here's your bill, and you're like no. He's like I see dot dot dot. And then if you like, what you can end up doing is dig your way out of the, the dungeon because in Chocobo Dungeon you have claws, so you can dig your walls. Sure. And if you kick the wall down, the second you exit the square that is the store, he goes hmm, and then he summons two duplicates of himself. Oh, and he wow. moves three times as fast as you and hits you for nine nine nine, and he will follow. <laughs> he will fucking follow you. I've tried to rob him numerous times and gotten killed. A couple times I've gotten through, but 
most of the time he just blows you down. Uh huh. He doesn't even care. Doesn't give a single fuck. Literally. No. Yeah, that, that that game sounds really good. It's, it, it sounds very. Heavily. I may be overselling it or Chogos Dungeon, but it, I really enjoy that game. I still got to try the newer one at some point. Yeah, well, it's it sounds like it's taking a there. There are a lot of games that that, that do take the same concept from NetHack, where you it's oh, like yeah. a super powerful shop owner. Um, I played many <laughs> roguelikes that have the exact same concept and, and the exact same behavior, where they like stand in front of the doorway to block you and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's kind of a trope in, in to some extent uh, among roguelikes and games yeah, like that. That's a good way to put it. Uh, number, your number four? Yeah, my number four is Sid from the Final Fantasy series. Ah, I, I okay. Think, I think it'd be very interesting if you took Sid and I, I don't know. I was thinking of something where each world was a different version of Sid from a different Squaresoft game. Mm-hmm. So, like, as you progress through the game, you get to experience the different versions of Sid. And maybe in one of them, you're Seven, <laughs> and you have, you know, this kick-ass high wind that you can summon and shoot missiles at people. Cool. And he's smoking a cigar. And in the next one, he's Sid from Final Fantasy Tactics, and he's the most badass thing ever with this. Like, it would just be interesting. Oh, right. To he see was pretty different... badass in oh, Tactics. Yeah. He was super oh, powerful. Geez. He's a freaking animal. They yeah. It's like I just think it'd be so interesting to show because I, I don't think people realize. I mean, obviously, people know the trope of Sid being in, in in different Final Fantasy games, but not how many like how different he is in each installment. Like you're like every game, like okay, where's Sid? Oh, it's like Waldo. You're like there's Sid. Like what is he doing this time? Oh, he's doing this crazy scheme. And <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it'd be very interesting to see them to, to do the different levels, but somehow tie the stories together, or just to do something to create like a, a linear story. What was I don't he? Know. I, Sorry, Sorry. What? what was he in Final Fantasy X? I don't remember him in that Final one. Final Fantasy X, he was Yuna's uncle. He was an okay. Elbed, which is like uh, the group that everybody hates. And he, of course, ran the High Wind, or the, I don't know what it was called in that one, I forget. But uh, he, he ran the, the flying spaceship. He was really big into Machina or machines, and he was okay. very against the government. And probably just a huge stoner, to be honest with you. Okay. <laughs> and he liked to dig. He likes to dig? Yeah, you like to dig for treasure. Okay. So. All right. Oh my gosh, I just realized how many of mine are from Final Fantasies. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> I thought about Final Fantasy games. I don't know why I didn't think of Sid, but like I couldn't come up with any good ones from Final Fantasy. Oh, I got I got two more from Final Fantasy. I didn't even mean to do that. Okay. Shit. That's bad. cool. All right, my number three is Gray Fox from the Metal Gear Solid series, specifically. <laughs> I saw this on a lot of lists. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Are, yeah. are there are other there are other lists like this? Oh yeah, I was I was Google, I always Google when I create my list and then I go Google and look around and take a look to see if there's anything that I didn't think of that I wanted to. Yeah, uh, I sometimes do the same thing. On there a lot, and uh, there were a couple different characters I saw, and this this was one of them. Oh, okay, well anyway, he's a complete badass like cyborg ninja from um, primarily Metal Gear Solid One. I, I that's the only one, if I remember correctly, that's the only one he actually appears in. I think they make reference to him in some of the others. He might appear in two. Wow. But I, I think it's, I think it may only be just Metal Gear Solid One that he appears in, and you know essentially they've kind of already made this game because they have Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, which has um, Raiden who you play as, and he is also a cyborg ninja, but Gray Fox is so much cooler, and uh, that, that, I mean that's he's a cyborg ninja. That's basically all you need to know. He's Super cool character. It's like every kid says it. Like, what do you want to be? I want to be a cyborg ninja. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, okay. Let me get right on board with that one. <laughs> um, 
And I think it would just be super fun. It's cool character design and mm-hmm. like just cool, you know, that's he's a cyborg ninja. So I think that would be super fun to play as. I don't think anybody's going to tell you otherwise. I mean, as soon as exactly. you say cyborg ninja, I'm like, I'm on board. Like, sign me up. Let's do this. Yep. That's awesome. Right, uh, like I said, so sorry for the massive Final Fantasies, but my next one that's is, right. is another character who is actually a very large character in his respective game, but is still considered a minor character in my mind. And this is Vivi from Final Fantasy IX. Um, Vivi is, I mean, anybody who's played Final Fantasy IX, I, I can guarantee you, is either their favorite character or second favorite character in the game. He's just, he's the black mage. Do you, do you know who this is? Mm-mm. Oh, wow. Okay, I've so, never played that one. Nine is nine is a great one. I think it has some really good characterization. I think they have very unique personalities to each character. And Vivi was was this character who is basically he's very almost philosophical. He's questioning his own existence. He's not sure if he's real because there's these these bad people that are creating duplicates that look similar to him. So the, uh, throughout the early stages of the game, he's trying to really identify himself. He's trying to figure out who he is. And I think it's very interesting because a lot of people who are playing this game at the time are going through a time in their life. They're at a specific age or age range where they're going through a similar experience. So it, it's kind of interesting that they created this, this similarity to a lot of people without, I, I would assume, without purposely doing it with this character. And I think it'd be very interesting to see them divulge. Obviously, they, they sort of resolve pieces of his story um, in the game, but I would love to see them dive, do a much deeper dive into this. And I think you could do some pretty interesting combat. You could probably do something very unique because, again, he is a black mage. Okay. I think, that's, I think that would be cool. I, I I saw this was another one that I saw on a lot of people's lists as well. I think it's I think it's an excellent one. All right, my, my number two is not a is not a uh, minor character by any means. He's not even a he's he's not even a secondary character. He is the main character of a game, but I would like to see him in a completely different type of game. That is Captain Falcon from F Zero. He hasn't had his own game. I don't believe so. How the hell did I not think of this? And he is a bounty hunter in the F-Zero universe. And I think that would be so cool to play as uh, Captain Falcon where you're not, it's not a racing game. You are doing your bounty hunter job as Captain Falcon. How how cool would that be? As long as they kept it so like he's his own entity and not just like a like as long as it, it, like his story doesn't relate back to Fox the entire time, I think that'd be super cool. I would love to see them to Fox. Who's Fox? Yeah, Who's Fox. Who's Fox? Wait, Captain- oh, I'm so sorry. I was thinking of Falco. I thought you said Falco. no, 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 Captain Falcon from F Zero. Oh, Captain Falcon. Well, let me let me just this. Hold on. You know Captain Falcon. Yeah, yeah, I know who he is. I'm trying to think of what they would do with this. Well, he's a bounty hunter. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, he would I'm be doing to... bounty hunter stuff. He'd be catching bounties. I'm trying to picture fighting. Would it just be like a, a beat em up, like a mash? I don't know exactly. I, I think it, I, I'm a... a bounty hunter and a beat em up. He just I shows would... up and he's like, "Oh shit, run, run!" <laughs> I would imagine like a third person over the shoulder perspective type game. Hmm. You know, he's got a gun, I believe, but he's also like super muscular. So he probably it'd probably be a combination of shooting people and just beating people up. Some sort of action game. I think if it was executed well, this would be a this would be a good one. I think so too. Maybe it maybe a little bit of like more adventure slash RPG elements where you're not just yeah. fighting people but going around like talking to people trying to like find where your the guy you're hunting is and that kind of stuff, maybe. I don't know. You know, it's interesting. I know if they did do this, you know how they would execute it? Through mm-hmm. a phone game. <laughs> Oh no, no! I don't. I don't see that at all. I, I don't. <laughs> no, no, think... I'm, I'm part. I'm being critical. Like I'm, I'm just saying, if, if they did something like this, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, people want to Captain Falcon. 
Let's play <laughs> a phone game. I, like, I, I don't know. know. I don't. That's all we're asking for. Please. I wouldn't see that happening. I don't see that happening. Eh, we'll see. We'll see if they ever do we'll it. We'll see. All right, number two. Uh, number two. This is my last Final Fantasy character. I promise. Um, this is uh, this is AKA, uh, this is Sir Jekt, aka Titus's father from, from Final Fantasy X. This, this oh, character, right. if you've played Final Fantasy X, obviously you know who Jekt is. You know how much his story is important to the game. But what I love about Jekt in particular in this game, and this is something they've actually hinted at, is doing a prequel down the line. And you play as Jekt. Is his character development is is very critical to the story, and it, not 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 only that, but it's it's very interesting to see him develop throughout the game. It's it, in my eyes, he almost develops more than Titus. He starts off as this rambunctious uh, professional athlete who is just getting drunk all the time and probably sleeping with a bunch of different women. They don't ever say it, but it's expected. And he's you know he's this all star player, and then he slowly starts to accept his fate and understand. You know, he kind of has a higher purpose in this world. And then in the end, he did something very critical to, to the story. And it, it's very interesting to see him kind of almost come full circle. Like, he, he just develops so well. And I would love, love to play it from, from his perspective throughout it. And they, Square has kind of talked about it. And a lot of people are expecting it here in the next couple of years because they keep remaking Final Fantasy X. Um, but I would, I would kill to play that game. Even if it was Final Fantasy X playing as Jekt, Orin, and Braska, sold. Sold, pre-order today, I'd be on board. <laughs> and I don't pre-order shit. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, number one is, again, not a minor character, but but not the main character this time. I would like to see a Monkey Island spinoff where you play as LeChuck. Interesting. Instead of, uh, instead of Guybrush. LeChuck is the villain of the series. He's the ghost pirate that's, that's constantly, that you're tra- constantly trying to kill or to save people from and all this. Uh, I think it would be really fun to play as LeChuck and like in the same exact type of game in the same exact like type of tone and all that kind of stuff where you're trying to, I don't know, like put together your ghost crew and, you know, capture a lane or do whatever it is that he's trying to do throughout the various games. I think there's a lot of potential there uh, for, for, for a good point and click adventure game where you're playing as LeChuck. That'd be super cool. I, even if they just did like a small like segment that was added onto the game, just doing that. Yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. I even think that would be very enjoyable. That that'd be such a that's super cool. That's a good one. I think it'll be fun. All right, what do you have for your number one? All right, my number one. You will not know who this character is, and I, I actually really want to. I'm going to read this story to you because I, I think it's such a great story. Um, this is a character from World of Warcraft. Her name is Lillian Voss, and it's a it's a sort of a side quest that, that goes into the game. And I would love if they, like, it's a very short thing. It's probably like two or three hours long at most. And, but it's, it's very interesting how her story develops. And I would love to, to see them include her in like Heroes of the Storm. Like, I, I wish they would pay tribute to, to her character and, and her story um, through something like Heroes of the Storm, or just like a, a, a small knockoff or like a, like a small installment of it. So her story goes, it says, from the moment of her birth, uh, she was raised as a weapon against the plague, plague or, or essentially the undead in the World of Warcraft universe, um, as a member of the Scarlet Crusade. Scarlet Crusade are these religious fanatics that are purely focused on killing the plague, but at the same time cause a lot of damage to other things at the same time. Um, it says, she studied stealth recovery, martial arts, and anything else that would make herself stronger. She gave up her child, childhood for her father. And then she was actually killed, and she didn't realize that she died. And your part, the very beginning of the quest for you is proving to her that she's dead. You actually have to bring her a mirror in the end is what you end up bringing to her. She won't accept the fact that she's dead. She's adamant about it. She even like attacks you at one point because of it. 
And it says, um, after she died, Lillian was raised as an undead. Uh, when I'm just kind of reading through this. I want to skip through. Um, so yeah, you show her a mirror and she sort of understands like, oh my God, I'm undead. Um, so then she kind of vows to still continue her, her mission, which is to kill the undead and just wreak havoc on anybody who's a part of the part of the plague. So what ends up happening is she goes home to her father, right? She's like, I'm still, you know, my, my father's still there. Everybody will respect me. Of course, when she returns, everybody attacks her. They turn on her because she is now considered one of the undead. They don't believe her. They don't believe that she's under her own control uh -huh. and they try to kill her. So what ends up happening is as you're progressing through this, you get to watch her slowly discover this. You see her discovered by meeting her old friends, a part of the army or the Scarlet Crusade. And you see her get more and more kind of tilted by this. She's like, holy shit, I really am dead. And nobody, none of my friends that when I was alive are going to accept me. Then she sees her father and her father obviously responds with killing her. He tries to, sorry, he puts a warrant out to kill her. He puts out wow. a huge bounty to kill her, and he wants her dead. He wants nothing to do her. He disowns her. He says she's a, you know, she's a traitor, et cetera, et cetera. So the the ending of it is is priceless, and I'll, I'll just say spoilers now because I, I you know anybody who's actually going to play this portion of World of Warcraft kind of mute it for just a moment. What she ends up doing is you're actually interacting with her father, and she fucking guts her dad, and it's just it's vicious, and, and it's it's so crazy. And then from there, just never see her again. She just oh, walks wow. away. She literally just guts her dad right in front of you, and you're like, "Oh shit!" And then she just kind of goes like, "I don't even think she says anything like thank you or anything like that." She just walks away. So you meet this person who's a part of this religious, you know, fanaticism. She is killing undead. She becomes undead. She has everybody turn on her, and then in the end, she just guts her dad right in front of you. And it's just, it's so brutal. And I would love to see them utilize this character more throughout the story. I think it's an excellent story. It really took me by surprise the first time I played. I was I was very much so impressed with how well they did this story. And, you know, it, it's something they did across five quests or something, six quests. Like, it's it's very early on, too. This is, like, the first ten levels of the game. Like, it, it wow. was just very, very impressive. That's pretty intense. I love it. There, there are a lot of minor characters in WoW that are like this that are just... I, I think somebody put their heart and soul into these these minor quests or these minor chains or storylines. Right. And this is one of them. This is, is so, so well done. And she's a badass because she, you know, has all these amazing traits of, you know, killing people and, and being stealthy and just, just a badass. Nice. Emails. All right, Jay, we got uh, our first email comes in from Amir. You think you can handle it? Absolutely. Anytime okay. I hear the name Amir, if, if anybody's played, have you played Smite at all? Yeah, no. MOBA? No. Oh, nope. There's a character named Amir, and whenever you, when you lock him in, he goes, Amir. Oh, nice. Okay. Amir says, uh, Oh, you're reading it. Sorry. Oh, you want to take this one? No, I thought I, by what you said. No, you're good. Uh, you can do the next one. All right, uh, Amir says, Hi, guys. Here's my top five for side characters who should get their own spinoffs in no particular order. Kerrigan from StarCraft. In a third-person action-adventure, I think StarCraft Ghost was going to kind of be that in ages past before it got exactly. canceled. Yeah, I think that's exactly what that was. Cortana from Halo. Turn-based tactical game where you're directing a group of Spartans and can hack slash commandeer Ooh. tech. That would be cool. I would play that. 
Max the Psychotic Bunny from Sam and Max. In an over-the-top open-world playground like Saints Row, that would be amazing. Holy you shit. You and I would definitely play that together. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. This is the best one out of anybody's yet. Garrus from Maxi from Maxi Mass Effect. Third-person stealth slash sniping game. He does the Black Ops slash dirty work. I think that would be a really good one, too. And Deathstroke slash Deadshot from Batman in a No More Heroes-style competition to the top of the DC Mercenary slash Assassin Hill. Man, those are really good ones, actually. Especially that, that, yeah, the last three. And I like that he didn't put them in any, any specific order, too, because I think they all, they all are very good for different reasons. Yeah. Bonus, he says, Janice Audrin from the Soul Reaver games. An excuse to get more Soul Reaver games. I'm not familiar <laughs> with those. Soul Reaver was for PS1, PS2. When I say they made a handful of them, they're, they're pretty fun games. Pretty good reviews. I'm not okay. And here's another obscure game recommendation. Bermuda Syndrome. This is basically flashback with dinosaurs. I've never heard of this. Well, I'm looking it up now. Bermuda Syndrome. It's a cool name. Yeah. Weird. This was PC 1995. Friendly reminder that that's 23 years ago, not five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> this game was kind of, kind of, kind of weird and kind of interesting, though. Okay. What kind of style look like? Um, kind of like what he says, maybe a little bit more um, adventury than. Uh, then the flashback, I mean, the flashback games were definitely adventure games, but they were also kind of like, they were kind of like action adventure games. This one looks like that, but maybe a little bit more on the, not point and click so much, but a little bit closer to that than typical flashback, than, than, a, than a flashback game. Oh man, this looks very similar to a point and click adventure. It does look like it. I could be wrong, but that's just kind of how it looks. Anyway, thank you, Amir. That's, I, I'm going to, I will keep this on a list somewhere because uh, it looks it looks pretty interesting. I don't know if there's anywhere to get this though. I'm gonna check GOG real quick. If it's basically if it's not on GOG, I'm not counting on it being anywhere because I doubt this game would be on Steam. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point actually. Yeah, no, I don't think they have it. So anyway, but that is that is interesting. Okay. Uh, and oh, and that's all he says. Keep it classy, Amir. Awesome. Thanks, Thank Amir. you, Amir. Good list. All right, I will. Ooh, this one's this is a good one. Here's uh, you get Father Beast's email this time. Sweet. <laughs> I hate how there's Fuck. this pace limit. Robert, Robert. Fuck you. Yeah, I heard. I got it. <laughs> Alright, there you go. There's This is Father Beast's email. Starts with, Hi, this is Father Beast. After listening to episode 103 of the Classic Gaming Podcast, I decided to write in and give some commentary. Robert, you played Master of Orion 2, and you described it as sort of like civilization in space. While this is sort of true, I usually think of this as more of like Masters of Magic in space. Here's why. If you've ever played the original Masters of Orion, you would realize that the game mechanics in uh, M0002 are nothing like the original. Rather, it lifted a number of game mechanics from Master of Magic, which was a civilization-like fantasy game from Micropose. Okay. Pose, excuse me. Uh, such as the way research is handled, even though you research magic rather than the mundane, rather than and mundane technology, the practice of building something called housing to increase the rate of a town, excuse me, increase the rate a town grows, 
being able to hire heroes to lead your armies or govern your towns, the ability to design a custom wizard is much the same as designing a custom race in MOO2. And the building dependencies, or how you build certain buildings to be able to build other buildings, making it a town build tree. I'm going to let you somehow digest and explain that because I have no idea what I just read, Robert. I'm not sure if I followed that exactly. Yeah, um, basically he's saying like a lot of the mechanics are the same, it sounds like. Like you, like where he says, I'm going looking back at this, the way researchers handled is similar uh, even though you research magic. And then practice of building something called housing to increase the rate a town grows. So that's kind of like where in Master of Orion 2 you you uh, like allocate more guys to cro- to like producing food for instance. And the more guys you have on that the more food you produce and then the more like more people that you can produce as well. Uh, then being able to hire heroes like there are like I said when I was talking about Master of Orion 2 you can every once in a while like somebody will pop up as like somebody you can hire and it's, it's sort of like a hero type character. And sure. what they they might be like a mayor or an admiral or something. And they give bonuses to whatever like to whatever you assign them to. And then what, what else did he say? Design a custom wizard is much like designing a custom race. Um, building dependencies and stuff like that. So like on each planet, you can have buildings that like you build buildings that allow you to do stuff, or some buildings give you bonus to planets and stuff like that. It just sounds like basically a lot of the mechanics. Are taken gotcha. are taken very heavily from this game, uh, Master of Magic. <clears throat> cool. Um, they go on and to say, anyway, you might like to try playing uh, Master of Magic sometime. Yeah, I might need to get that uh, shot. He goes on to say, Jay, I appreciate that you played Heroes of Might Magic 2, and I was amused that you echoed a lot of things I said in my letter comparing Heroes of Might Magic 2 to Heroes of Might Magic 3 in your describing of the game. When you described your encounter with a bunch of ghosts, I wonder if you understood the nature of ghosts since I think they were taken out in Heroes of Might Magic 3. Ghosts have this ability where every creature they kill becomes a ghost. So if a group of 20 ghosts attacks a group of goblins and kills 10 of them, all of a sudden there are now 30 ghosts. When you said that you faced like 120 ghosts, I wonder if they only started with 20 or so and then flew across the map and killed your low-level creatures turning and slaughtering the rest of you no actually it was when i went in the mine you know how you get into those encounters like the crypts and mines where uh you all your all your units are placed in the center and then there's usually up to like i think six spawn points around the map where where they all kind of spawn i didn't notice the leeching effect that's similar to like the the vampire lords and heroes of magic 3 but those i don't think those can go above their their originating starting health i don't think at least uh but no that's really interesting it's a kind of ridiculous mechanic though um yeah it sounds a little bit op yeah, it sounds crazy, OP. Like every time you hit, like if you if you haste your creature to go to go super far, you're gonna decimate the opponent because you'll just <laughs> res a bunch or bring a bunch of mobs out. Um, also, I have a funny sort of story from playing Heroes of Might and Magic. As you probably know, creature stacks creature stacks left on the map will grow over time. If left alone, the stacks of creatures are generally placed on the map in a bottleneck place to block your way. Um, and one thing I'm, I'm gonna this is my caveat as well um, in Heroes of Might and Magic. When you see a creature on the map and you right-click on it, it doesn't tell you the exact number. It gives you a vague description, as such as few, several, many, pack, horde, throng. So you get this general idea. It's like a range. So if it's few, it's four okay. to three, several. I think it's four to like nine or something. It's, it's something weird like that. Hmm. Um, and then so on and so forth. Uh, so they go on to say, well, I was playing a small map. I think it was Arax the Jerk. Uh, that's the name of the map. And there was a black <laughs> dragon keeping me from going down one path. 
when I discovered it, I thought maybe my army might be able to take it. But even if I did win, it would be with huge loss to my army. I came back later with a bigger, more powerful group, only to discover this had grown from a few, which is one to four, to several, five to nine. There you go. There's the explanation. Uh, Black dragons. Black dragons are a, they're the top (laughs) tier of of one of the factions. (laughs) Uh, so I put off facing them yet again. I sent quite a few. Uh, I spent quite a while conquering almost the entire map. But when I decided to check back on this stack of black dragons, I discovered there was a legion. Yeah, I didn't oh, say no. legion, by the way, which is one thousand plus. One thousand plus of them. Holy <laughs> shit! What can you possibly do to face so the legion? So went from dragons? five to nine to a thousand? Yeah, over the course, if you wait too long. <laughs> um, the funny part is, is black dragons, I believe, are resistant or immune to most, most magic, which magic later on in the game becomes one of your key abilities to deal with powerful creatures. And because of these are so resistant to magic, this is a very difficult task to wow. deal with. Um, it, it seemed that there was any, no... Anytime there's a thousand bad guys, that sounds difficult enough anyways. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, as you kind of ramp, ramp through the game and keep macroing, it's really easy to get, like, a several hundred of your first-tier units. But to get a thousand of these is just ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's It seemed that there was no possible way I would be going down that path anytime in the future. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> An answer came while I was playing Heroes of My Magic 3 some years later. I was playing a huge map, you know, one one of those that could take two or more years of game time to complete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another game mechanic is that that at the beginning of each week, astrologi- uh, astrologers, astrologers proclaim the Astrologers? Of, yeah, I, I, was, com- I was combining um, astrology with procla- pro- 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 with proclaim at the same time. I, I don't see how you got that, but that's okay. Listen. Anyways, um, so the astrologer, astrologers proclaim the week of blank. Um, in the blank, obviously, it could be a variety of different things. Sometimes it's like double growth, so all of your units grow twice as fast or, or half. There's there's a variety of different things that can happen. These uh, proclamations. Okay. Um, if it's a game creature, it gets a bonus to growth, but also has it, but also a few groups of creatures that appear randomly around the map. So I had a week of the lich early on in the game and add to that my hero had this ability to, con- to convince stacks of creatures significantly significantly weaker uh, than his army to join his forces. Um, my hero went around collecting hordes of liches, and once the army grew really big, he could collect even bigger groups of liches, and I'm taking on some 8,000 liches into the endgame sequence. <laughs> but I only, <laughs> I only had enough money to upgrade about 1,000 of them to power liches. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Holy shit. Uh, in the end game, I not only faced the Legion of Black Dragons, but I also beat a Legion of Archangels. So, so one of the one of the <laughs> one of the, one of the criticisms of this game is there are Archangels and there are uh, Arc Arc Devils, Super Devils, something okay. like that. And and what's really funny about them is the Archangels, if I'm not mistaken, are one point stronger than the Arch Devils. Okay. Yeah. And that always kind of pissed people off because it's like, oh, just the one that you kind of roll your eyes at, like, okay. Yeah. And, and and what's funny is in the game, cre- creatures have uh, a status on them that says hates. So it'll say like angels hate devils, which means they do double damage to them. And and uh, devils hate angels. And <laughs> Pretty much whoever attacks first. Which devils in this game are badass. Like the super devils, they're like these these humanoid, tall, lengthy looking red creatures. They wear black garbs. They have these ram horns that are ridiculously large. They carry a scythe. 
And between their turns, they point at creatures and, and uh, sort of like beckon them over to them. They just want to just destroy them. And when they move, they don't fucking move. They teleport. And what they do is they kind of nice. curl up and throw down this smoke cloud and they teleport to the other location. Also, they can move anywhere on the map. So it's oh, wow. They are Damn. so cool. Looking. If you ever get a chance, just, just here's my magic three arc devils or whatever the hell they're called. Super devils. They're so cool. And they, they're just it, it's just kind of one of the things you roll your eyes at the fact that the angels are slightly, slightly <laughs> strong. Um, anyways, so it goes back to say, I not only faced a, a legion of black dragons, but I also beat a legion of archangels. And I discovered that there's an upper limit to how much a stack can grow. When I finally faced, uh, faced down the archangels, they had eight stacks of 665 each. So that's just over 5,000 of them. My <laughs> liches would normally be no match for such group, even with a few hundred uh, each. Excuse me. Even, even with the few hundred each of paladins and champions and a few other high-level creatures I brought along. But my hero had become level 43 or so. I'm just going to bring this up, by the way. If you are this far into the game, this is many hours, many, many hours. I would have to imagine. Um, and had maxed out all his secondary skills and was equipped with the best items I could find during the, the scouring of this epic-sized map. I consider that one of my greatest gaming accomplishments. Damn. Well, thanks for listening. I'll still be listening to your show. Fuck. That's pretty intense. That's, that's crazy. I mean... To be that dedicated to go to level 43 is super. That's, that's crazy. That's such an investment of time. But I can completely understand. It almost turns into an RPG at that point where you just want to see your, your hero progress and get stronger uh-huh. army and just completely take over the map. So I can completely understand it. Wow. All right. This one comes from Chase the Night Cleaner. Ooh. Hello, gentlemen. Chase the Night Cleaner here. How is this episode going for you so far? Terrible. Very Absolutely well. terrible. Yeah, shitty. Oh. I've been thinking about thinking a lot about retro gaming as a hobby lately, and the best way to play the, uh, the games you love, which got me stuck on PlayStation slash PS2. I loved both my PlayStation and PlayStation 2. Me I too. Owned, yeah, me too. I owned vast libraries for each console and really worked the me hell too. out of these machines through my me adolescence <laughs> and into my early 20s. Uh, eventually, I sold my collections for both systems, and if I ever want to play them again, I would have to start completely fresh. Yeah, well, I, I so we've all been there. So, do I? Even when I owned my PS1, I didn't trust its optical scanner. I hear there are ways to mod your PS1 so that it boots to a flash drive and you can keep the virtual images of discs on there. But then do I buy a PS1, pay to have it modded, and then dig up all the ROMs? Getting ROMs has never been hard. Actually, I would suggest that as time goes on and as a system gets older, getting the ROMs for it only gets easier to find. Right now, I play PS1 games via emulation on a laptop, which means I have access to all kinds of custom controller options, but emulators aren't perfect, and sometimes I can't play a game with the same CD quality sound as if you just boot it from the real disc. And learning how... PS1 BIOS BIOS boots work and how to compile discs can be a bit of work when you just want a quick jolt of nostalgia. It's very, very true. And and finding ISOs sometimes is kind of a pain in the ass. Like it's actually a really good point. I love using emulators, but there are sometimes when I run into quality issues with either sounds, sometimes with graphics, sometimes I lose data after playing, you know, a game for an extended period of time. Emulators to me are, are obviously much more cost efficient and they're usually easier, but Man, that is such a frustrating point sometimes. I would say if you get, if you want to go the console direction, get a PS2 Slim, and those play PS1 discs <laughs> just fine. I, they, I still have my original 
PS uh, Fat PS2, the, mm-hmm. like, the one that I bought when it came out, and it works just fine for PlayStation 2 discs, but it will not play PS1 discs anymore. And I did some research on it, and it seems to be a common problem. I was going to say, I had the same issue. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. So yeah, it seems to be a common problem. And But apparently the PS2 Slims, uh, just they do a better job of holding up as far as reading PS1 discs. And so I bought one of those, and mine does indeed read PS1 discs just fine, as well as PS2 discs. So I would say don't, don't worry about getting a PlayStation 1. Just get a PS2 Slim because that'll play PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2. Uh, Chase says, I don't think there's any easy answer to this question. No, there is. I just gave it to you. But how do you play <laughs> some of these older CD-based systems of your youth? Do you just buy the hardware and deal with the collector's bubble for some of those rare games that you still love? Or do you go through the trouble and figure out emulation? Well, I um, buy the hardware and deal with the collector's bubble for some of these rare games that I still love. And I do emulation. And once you <laughs> I'm just going to get down the uh, pattern of emulating. Yeah, you do have to, you know, if you're going to go for consoles, you know, I'm sure the PS2 Slims aren't perfect either. You're probably going to encounter issues with them. But yeah, they are great and they they have a much better reputation for holding up as far as, again, as far as reading PS1 discs and PS2 just fine. Um, Another thing you got to be aware of is, you know, when you're buying the discs, a lot of these discs may have scratches on them. That's that's not the end of the True. world. There are ways to deal with that. Uh, but, toothpaste. you know, just another... Yeah, exactly. Toothpaste is... Toothpaste <laughs> works fantastic. How ridiculous... How ridiculous is that? It's really weird. But like, just, the first time I heard that, I was like, I'm getting trolled. Like, I, I was like, this is one of those things that I'm going to put toothpaste on my disc, and I'm going to put it in, and I'm going to ruin my PlayStation. Everybody's going to laugh at me and look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, oh, wow, this works well. Yeah, don't put it in the... PlayStation with the toothpaste still on it. That's not going to Yeah, be- yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just like, even just the residue. I was like, this is going to wreck my PlayStation. Yeah. No, you just got to make, I mean, look up, like, how to clean up a disc. I'll, I won't go True. over the details here, but look, just do a, you know, Google search for how to clean a disc with toothpaste. And it has the instructions there. And toothpaste really works fantastic. It works for DVDs, for PlayStation games. It really works. If you have the right toothpaste, it works very well. Uh, Chase says, I personally love playing on original hardware. Yeah, that's how I am. But systems like the Saturn, PS1, and Dreamcast don't always age well. Retro gaming can be a tough hobby to stay in if you don't know how to educate yourself in things like modding or emulation. I mean, these... I will say, get get a controller, uh, that can that USB-connected controller. It, one of the biggest frustration points for me for a long time was the fact that I had to play old-school games on a keyboard. Oh, that sounds if bad. You, if you... Yeah, it's not. It's like you, you just. It's just not. You're just like. Ugh, it, it's just. It's just not good. So uh, I definitely recommend. I, I got an Xbox controller. Like you can get. A, I believe they have a bunch of different ones that that mimic like the, the model of like a PS2 controller and any other you know, kind of other systems. But it's just great. I mean, you, once you get once you get the hardware set up, you can just play any game on the controller, and it, it's pretty darn smooth. Nice. Um, let's see. Uh, he chases. I mean, these systems aren't gone yet. But how many working PS1s or Sega CDs or Dreamcasts or even PS2s do you think will still be out in the wild 20 years from now? And how will they even hook up to contemporary TVs? How many CRT TVs will still be working? What about 30 years from now when we start to retire, hopefully? Whoa. Whoa, retirement is not not in the first. Sure you watch your mouth. Um, Can't afford that. 
It seems, I don't know about Saturn, but it seems, so we talked about PS2s. Dreamcasts seem to have held up pretty well. Uh, the Dreamcast I bought works just fine, and I didn't have to, like, buy a bunch to get it working, you know, to, to find one. I just found one on eBay, and it works just fine. The only problem with the Dreamcast is the system clock is on, like, a battery, so it goes out. And you have to, when you, um, unless like you change the battery in it, then every time you turn it on, it asks you to put in the date and time, Jeez. which isn't that big of a deal because eventually sure. you get to the point where you're just like, oh yeah, it's, you know, zero, zero, zero on January 1st. That's fine. Just, just go with it. Um, but that's just a little minor thing. Uh, I don't know about Dreamcast. My Sega CD that I have also works fine. I don't know in general if those, you know, have always held, you know, if, if they held, if they held up like in, you know, on a large scale, but I have the same experience as I did with the Dreamcast. I bought a Sega CD and it took me and I just bought this one and it works just fine. So I don't know that those necessarily have a problem either. Now there are of course some that have, uh, that do have problems and some that you might need to perform some maintenance on. And in fact, now that I say that my, the Sega CD that I bought, it may have been refurbished by the, uh, by the seller. Gotcha. Now that I say that, uh, but I think that, so he says, how many do you think will still be in the working in, in the wild 20 years from now? Um, even if I, I think there will always be ways to get them working either that, or you'll always be able to find one from somebody who, who knows how to fix it and has gotten one working and is selling it. Um, because, this is like such a big thing that so many people like having these consoles that there are always going to be parts to find or if, or if you can't find the part and you don't necessarily feel like going through the trouble of figuring out how to fix it yourself. There are people who know how to do that and you can maybe send your stuff off to them or just buy straight from them. You know, maybe somebody who's refurbished a console, but I'd like to add to that as well as like if if there's a, a big need for it, either the original developer or, or creator may come back or somebody may you know buy the rights to create it. Uh, or, I don't know about that. I don't know if I would count on that. It's, if there's, if there's enough of a need for it, but as I say, if not, if there's still a big need for it, some wonderful person on the internet will do it. <laughs> yeah. Somebody will do it. And there are, I'm sure there are guides all over the place on how to fix oh, yeah. every aspect of all of these consoles. So it depends on, you know, like anything, it depends on how much work you're willing to put into it yourself or how much money yep. you're willing to spend to have somebody else do it for you. And it's a hobby, so hopefully it's a hobby. to make it worthwhile, right? Yeah. It, there will always be ways of fixing these things. I like it. Okay, and then also finally, <laughs> real quick, huh? North Korea changes their time zone to match South Korea. What the fuck? What the hell? So, anyway, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, and then as far as, real quick, just as far as uh, CRTs, um, yeah, I mean, that's a whole other question. And that, I, mean, I mean, I guess it kind of goes along the same lines, like, there will always be people who can fix those and it just matters. It just depends on how much work you're willing to put in or if you want to try to find some from somebody else. Those are harder because you can't just order a CRT from eBay because it costs a million dollars to ship, you know, more than like five feet down the street. Sure. But, uh, like I got a CRT just from like local people that, you know, I saw, Oh, this person has a CRT and they put it up like, you know, on Craigslist or whatever, just for free, just cause they want to get rid of it. So those are not too tough to find, but yeah, like someday those are going to start having maintenance issues and that's going to be a whole nother issue. 
I, I love that speedrunners use those a lot because you see like, when you watch the speedruns, like the HTTQs and stuff like that, you always see all the CRT TVs in there. Oh yeah, I think it's. I, I think it's just. Them. I think it's just always going to be a matter of. Do you want to learn how to fix it yourself, or do you want somebody <laughs> else to do it? I think the ability to fix them and the parts will always be available. It yeah. just is a matter of whether you're going to figure out how to do it or you're going to pay for it. Excuse me. He says, or is all this worrying for nothing as more games end up as ROMs on emulation sites and emulators become easier and easier to use? I mean, I think that's going to be true also. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if, if you if you don't mind playing on an emulator, you have nothing to be concerned about because everything yeah. will be on emulator at some point. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's becoming stable. Like you can get it on your cell phones. I can get a PS2 emulator on my cell phone. So it's like, That's it's, crazy. It's, it doesn't run very well. Yeah, it does PS1, but you know, it's there. Yeah. Just my thoughts. Now, question of the day. What is one retro system you would be okay with never playing again in your life? Ooh, wow. I mean, I guess for me, it would be something obscure like the 3DO. That Ooh, had, like, wow. probably three games worth playing. I mean, I would still like to own a 3DO and play some of the, and go back and play some of those games. I'm sure I will eventually, but I would also be fine never returning to that. That's a tough one for me. I don't know. I'm trying to think what 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 consoles or what's this handhelds or what did I really not like? Uh, wow. Ooh, I have an answer, but I don't think it's the right answer. What is what's better? <laughs> I, I'm thinking Dreamcast, and it, it's only because oh really? The wow. Library. I mean, I like the Dreamcast, but in comparison to PS2, PS1, N64, Super Nintendo, regular Nintendo, Game Boy, like. Maybe one of the Game Boys, but I feel like that's a that's a that's a cheap way out of this answer, just because there's so many Game Boys. You could be like, I want the Game Boy Color XL. Like, <laughs> I could do without that one. Like, um, yeah. I guess I'll stick with with Dreamcast to like I think it's something better. Like the, the library is just not that great. It, it's good for, from my perspective. I know I know you enjoy a lot of the titles, but I think it's good. But it's not. I don't think it's a contender with like I said. N64, Super Nintendo, PS1, PS2. I think that's I think that's true. And like you know, I, I I'm not a huge Dreamcast fan either. I just bought one for the first time whenever okay. it was. I got one not that long ago. Um, and you know, the other thing about a lot of the like Dreamcast and some of these others is, a, they they've got some they got you know some good uh, exclusive titles and and yeah. a lot more non-exclusive titles. That you can play on plenty of other That's systems. That's a good point. You know, so it's like, oh, Dreamcast is not here. Well, that had some great games, but a lot of those, you know, like 75% of those great games or maybe even more are on PS2 or, you know, maybe even Xbox or GameCube and, and tons and, of other And stuff. why would you choose to play it on Dreamcast? The <laughs> system is big and clunky looking and the controller is exactly the same. Like, I, I Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like this. I kind of like the console itself. The I, controllers, they're, the they're console not great. Stuff. They're not great. But I, I, like I, the I don't really like the console. I think it looks pretty ridiculous. Uh, the controller. I think the console good. looks cool. I think it looks good. Uh, uh. They, they uh, made black ones, didn't they? They made a black sports edition, and it says like it says like in big blue letters, "Sports Edition" on top of it. Sports ball. You know what? You know, I still see and I'm still frustrated with as I was watching. There was, a, I forget what game it was. It doesn't really matter, but there was a game that's coming out in the near future and they were talking about, oh, you know, pre order today. And I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe, like, you know, maybe I'll think about it. And then I'm like, and if you do it for this, from this place, I think it was GameStop, you get this exclusive in game item. And I'm like, oh, gee, fuck you. Like, I'm oh, never yeah. going to pre order a game ever again. Like, if you ever say exclusive offer for pre order game, fuck you. I'm never going to order that game in a million years. 
I hate that. I hate the console exclusive stuff. Just, yeah. It just makes I me so mad. The only... Well, well, wait. Do you mean console exclusive or pre-order exclusive? Usually usually it's pre- console pre-order. Or it's, it can be location exclusives. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. It can either be console exclusive or even like if you buy it from this this vendor, then you get this bonus thing. And that is just as bad. Yeah, I think getting it from a certain place and to get something that thing that sucks. I don't mind console exclusive or yeah. you know like console specific content like about soul caliber 2 yeah exactly i didn't like i thought that was kind of cool how they each had their own what? special no because what if you wanted to play those characters <clears throat> on other systems like well, you, have to you get learn to, how to play on a whole other game Ugh, no no i thought that was ca- i thought that was kind of cool. i mean i get i understand that as well but i thought it was also kind of cool that each if it was a difficult a unlock then okay, I can understand. Like, let's say the GameCube version, you, you started with Link, right? And then to get the what were the other characters? There was a guy no, from son, Tekken. No, you just you got to make that decision. No, see that's dog shit. No, that's terrible. You you need it. See, you're part of the corporate. Get out of here. <laughs> get, get, get out of here. Uh, Jay says for me. Oh, okay. For me, I would say the Sega Master System. Yeah, I mean Sega, the Genesis or the Master System did not have a. Uh, I always get the Mega Drive and the Master System confused. Hold on, Logan. Oh yeah, up. we have. Remember, remember somebody explained. I this know to us somebody even game. explained it. <laughs> like we need, we need, a, we need an SOP for our podcast that just lists off things like this because this is like, <laughs> duh. Like we've gone over this many times. I'm like partially embarrassed, but at the same time, I am like, too. Whatever. Um, whatever. <laughs> one of them is the Sega Genesis. Is like, okay, the Mega Drive is the Sega Genesis, but like internationally. Sega the Master The Master System was the one that came before the Sega Genesis. So yeah, I, I never owned or even I've never played a Master System. That's the one with all the boxes that have like the grid box art. You know what I'm talking about? The white grid background on the box art. Uh, that's what he says. He would do that. He he would give that one up. He said that system had some great games, but no one knows them. And even they weren't good enough to keep me caring if I ever touched that system again. Yeah, I think that's definitely a solid choice for. If you have to I don't know much up. about this, but based on what what you just said, yeah, I, I can agree with that. Yeah, and that's and I know. And the other thing is like, like you said, nobody knows of any of the games. Like, just nobody played that thing. Basically, that's, and that's sad all, to hear. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it like, is. And that's all I have this week, gentlemen. Sorry if things got kind of introspective here. That uh, thanks as always for this great section of your podcast and for just being great guys. Hope you're both well. <sighs> Cheers, Chase the Night Cleaner. I think Robert and I were the ones who made it a little bit longer, so thank you. That's what she said. Oh man, I was I was at work today and Uh-oh. they were they were decorating somebody's desk and they didn't have balloons and I I, I always keep some balloons on hand because I always forget <laughs> about I, I just keep balloons on hand at work. I know it sounds really weird, but if so, there's a, so um, I always keep balloons on hand just in the case I forget about somebody's birthday or like a celebration of some kind, promotion, whatever. So. I was like, oh, I have balloons, so you know, I can get them for you. So I bring them over, and one of the girls is like, I was like, be careful with these balloons. Um, they, they're they kind of cheap, and, and they can pop easily. And she's like, oh, it's okay. I love blowing things. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, I didn't say a word. I just like looked at her, was that I looked any- at everybody else standing there, handed her the balloons, and just walked away. Did I didn't any- say a word. I'm like. Did she mean it that way? She like, was she trying to no, joke she it, like make a joke? No, she did. she's, she's kind of dense. And I, 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 just, like, <laughs> I love geez, blowing like, things. Yeah, I'm just like. Uh, in my head, I went HR, HR. Yeah, I know exactly. HR, Did anybody HR, else? And I just walked away. Was anybody else like oh, a bunch more girls? But of course, they didn't laugh. There was another guy there. We would have high fived and you know, <laughs> done some crazy handshake and walked away. 
The secret, the secret guy handshake for when a girl. Oh yeah, when there's a, when there's a sexual innuendo, you gotta get that special handshake. It's kind of like the boogity boogity from Rocket Power. Remember that? No. Okay. But I like it. Oh my gosh. Here is uh here's an email from Dan. I'm gonna let you take this one. Uh, Dan says, "Hi, Classic Gaming Podcast. Um, I first heard of your podcast thanks to the interview you did with Ron Gilbert and hmm. Gary Winnick. Nice. Hey, there you go, Robert. Uh, about Thimbleweed Park." Uh, like apparently all of your weird completionist listeners, I started listening from the first episode. According to your website, that interview was December 5th, 2014. Robert, that's four years ago. (laughs) That's crazy. Oh, and that's exactly what Dan goes on to say. Meaning it's taken me about four years (laughs) to make up for the first year of lost time. Wow. Which really highlights what a silly idea it was to start the beginning. (laughs) I don't have any ideas for your top five of the week but I thought I'd share an odd story about a very bad classic game. It's called Captain Novelin. It was a Super Nintendo okay. game from 1992. Uh, the story, Bob, I'm just going to describe this to you, or to everybody, to our listeners. It is a picture of a superhero-esque looking guy. Kind of looks like Donald Trump. He's got blonde hair, very tan. <laughs> his face kind of does, but his yeah. body is very muscular. He's wearing a green, kind of off, darker, tealish color with red gloves. It's, uh, and he's fighting- it's Captain planet with Don, donald trump's head <laughs> yeah and, and, and a bandana covering his eyes and he's fighting what looks like a tr- is that a tree stump or a can i gotta find a bigger picture of this yeah so what it looks like here is it's it's a green book and the spine <laughs> has this mean looking face on it a red i don't even know what the fuck you call that with a face on it and either a tree stump or a can again right. with a face on it here's a uh, hold on Am I even close on any of these? Um, oh, of course, this picture gets smaller when I... Um, hold on. Oh, it's an educational game. Oh. All right, hold on. Here's a little oh. better picture I found. Yeah, I, it, it is a green book with a mean face. Um, I think a mean donut? No. That's not a donut. Is What's it? that guy? Is that is a... It a ti- He's got an arm! Oh, that's what that is. That's a tiny arm. Yeah, what did you think it was? I thought it was just like a like a design, like a tire with I I don't I don't know, Robert. Maybe it's an inflatable tube. So a donut maybe and a book or is that a oh no 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 no. It says sweets. It's like a box of candy. Oh, or like a box of I think this is a box of candy and so that must be a donut donut. and this is like a Coke or like a soft drink of some sort. The white That is a chody soda can, I will say right now. Choda can. (laughs) All right. Um is that what that, what, says, what do, you, do you think that guy's a soft drink of some sort or, or something else? I, I think so. I, I was thinking some kind of can, so maybe. I don't know. Fuck, who, who knows? We'll probably learn here. <laughs> okay. On the box, it says an action-adventure game about diabetes, Robert. It literally says an action-adventure game about diabetes. So it is soda. It's soda, donut, and some sort of candy, candy. or some shit. <laughs> I'm tilted right now. I don't even want to read on about this. Oh, my gosh. This game looks terrible. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Dan goes on to say the game was marketed as a way to teach kids with type one with type one diabetes <laughs> about how to manage their disease, but it was mostly just a terrible platformer where you you're supposed to dodge an angry look angry looking sugary snacks. <laughs> I don't remember it very well, but I think there was also a mini game between levels where you were supposed to measure your blood sugar and draw up the right amount of insulin to inject. Jesus! Oh my gosh! <laughs> I feel like that could go south real quick. Um, <laughs> About five years ago, I was at a conference for the American Society of Health System Pharm- Pharmacists walking around the Bender Hall. I passed by the Novo Nordisk 
Uh-oh. or disc booth. Uh, this is the company that makes the game. And the guy there told me that they donate that they donate ten dollars. Wait, 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 hold on. He says this is the company that makes Novalin. Sorry, I, what? That, he, he didn't say this is the company that makes the game. He says this is the company that makes Novalin. I'm oh, thinking, my apologies. I I'm thinking was, oh. Novalin is maybe like like the, uh, the maybe like an yeah an insulin of some sort, okay. and Captain Novalin <laughs> is like the game about this insulin maybe. This is going to take us some time. So I apologize for listeners. It's going to take Robert and I a little while to digest this cancer, or I guess it's a disease. <laughs> uh, so he goes on to say the guy there told me that they donate $10 to the American Diabetes Association for each person who listens to his pitch about their latest insulin vents. Okay. I told him I didn't run a pharmacy so there's not, there wasn't much point in trying to sell me on their products but I'd still listen if they'd make the $10 donation which he seemed okay with. Alright. Um, so just I'm just kind of Going through this in the order that you put it. So for the picture, it says Captain Novalin is an educational platform video game starring the. How do you say that word? I'm I'm lost. We're, oh, this is uh, okay. This this kind of a, uh, added the attachment it. from the email or or this it added this Wikipedia link info right in the middle of this where I pasted. Oh, okay. It. So okay. I see. Well, you how can do you skip, say the word? So you can skip that part. No, I think it's Novalin. No, 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 no. The, Captain Novelin is an educational platform with video games starring the... Uh, eponymous. Eponymous. Eponymous okay. superhero. In other words, the superhero is, is the title of the game, Captain Novelin. Gotcha. Um, so going back to Dan's email, he says, At the end, he asked if I had any questions about the products he showed off or about any other Novo Nordisk products. <laughs> I'm not sure why it popped into my head since it had been about 20 years since I last thought of it. <laughs> He's like, tell asked... me about Captain Novelin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I asked, have you ever heard of Captain Novelin? He got a look on his face like he was thinking really hard. And after a few seconds, he told me that on his first day of work, years earlier, his boss had a copy of that game sitting on his desk. Oh, my gosh. Hadn't seen it since then. The conversation got kind of awkward from there. Well, from there, as if it wasn't already freaking awkward. <laughs> hey, man, you want to get $10 to the, to the Diabetes Association? I'm not a pharmacist. Just listen anyways. Um. <laughs> The conversation got kind of awkward from there, but I figured this was one of my one chance to find more about this game. Uh, the conversation went, so I believe this is from Dan's perspective. Dan, so do you have any other... Oh, I'm sorry. No, this is from the, the gentleman's guy. perspective. Uh, the, the agent, yeah. So he says, so do you have any other questions about our products? Dan, do you know why Novo Nord- Nordisk wanted to make a video game? Agent, I really don't know any, anything else about it. Dan, I always thought it was a little weird that it was supposed to be an educational game about diabetes, but the character was named after the brand product Novalin instead of making him Captain Insulin. Like, was it meant to, like, was it meant as a way uh, to advertise the Novalin brand to kids? I think that's a Agent. safe bet. Yeah, I think so too. Agent, hmm, yeah, I guess that's kind of weird. I'm not sure why. Um, is there anything else I can help you with? <laughs> this guy's like, I don't give a fuck. Stop asking me about Captain Novalin. Yeah. Uh, Dan <laughs> says, I figured I'd leave the guy alone. So in the end, I didn't get in the inside story on Captain Novalin, aside from the fact that there was some sales manager at Novo Nordis keeping a copy of the game as sort of a corporate affiliate. Wow. I can't say I'd recommend you play the game for the podcast, but it's definitely worth a look because of how strange and awful it is. Anyways, keep up the work. Good work, guys. Always a pleasure to listen on my commute. Dan, Dan, thank you very much for Oh my for gosh, that's the best story about a classic game that I've yeah, ever heard. That's a great intro email. I love it. <laughs> great email. Thank you very much. That's awesome. <laughs> Holy shit. Captain Novelin. We got it. Somebody needs to tell SNES drunk about this. Oh gosh. Can you imagine somebody speed running this game? I'll <sighs> bet you it's already been done. Never mind. What am I talking about? 
Holy shit. For every uh, every time you die, you have to take a shot of insulin. <laughs> Robert, stop it. <laughs> Don't do that, by the way. Quick tweet we got from Simon, who is on Twitter, uh, at Melee underscore monkey. Simon says, I'm uh, not sure if this counts. So this is for the top five, I believe. Yeah, for our top five. Not sure if this counts as minor characters. But a Pokemon stealth game where you play as the villains and use your Pokemon's abilities to sneak around stealing other people's Pokemon and performing various other dastardly deeds. As long as I can play as Team Rocket. Okay. You can, I'll allow it. And final email comes from Sam. Samuel. He says, good insert time of day, you classy bastards. I'm feeling super uninspired. So I'll just drop my top five minor characters I wish had their own games and be off. Apologies for the lack of witty content this time. Oh, I'm sure it'll be plenty witty, Samuel. I'm sure all the other great folks writing in will cover it for me. All right. Number five, the gurus from Chrono Trigger, uh, Melchior or Melchior, Gaspar and Belthazar. Interesting. Maybe a game that shows them from much earlier in their lives? A puzzle game a la Lost Vikings, perhaps. (laughs) Okay, I can see it. Number four, a gym leader from Pokemon. Probably just me, but it could be interesting to be a gatekeeper for potential champions. I think that would be kind of interesting. Yeah, people have talked about that since I was a kid, actually. Oh, really? If you could, like, log on online and you could, like, queue in as one of the gym leaders and, like, actually try to (laughs) keep stuff. Number three, Guile from the Street Fighter series. I mean, his theme does go with everything. <laughs> Number That's two, fine. King of the Cosmos from Katamari Damachi. I just Ooh. want to see what one of his crazy nights out would be like. Oh, I bet his crazy nights out are, are fucking nuts. I, I just mean, want to he, see how they would execute that in any way. What if this crazy night out that started the main game is he went nuts and destroyed like half the stars in the sky? Number one, Bowser from the Mario series. I thought about maybe doing this. I know he isn't a minor character, but he's never had a game where he's the main character, and I think that would be interesting. Really? I didn't know that, actually. That's so funny. I think that would be cool. I don't know exact. I don't know quite how you would do that, but I think it would be awesome. That's oh. all for me this time. Hope you had a great episode, and I look forward to all the great emails. Samuel. What if your entire goal is to, is to stop a Mario AI from beating the level? I think that would be cool. <laughs> You play as like all the minions throughout the level, and then you like time the the um, bombs, and like you can time the minions, <laughs> and, then, and then in the end you get to one v one him if he makes it that far. <laughs> I think that'd be awesome. I would definitely play that. Fuck. I would play it twice. Oh, bitch. Yeah. All right, mail us at mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. We don't have a top five picked out for the next episode yet, but we'll get around to it. I don't feel like figuring that out right now, unless you do. I'm pretty um, myself. Yeah, we'll get to it, and we'll put that out on Twitter. So, uh, but aside from that, mail us whatever you feel like, mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. Real quick, onto the current gaming subcast. What have you been current gaming subcasting? Actually, my current gaming subcast is pretty much all I've been doing is classics. I've been playing Heroes of Might and Magic, a decent amount of my, my uh, run for Pokemon Silver, and like I said, I've been leveling a little bit on a WoW server. That's pretty much it. How's the WoW going? It's fun. i just still in Vietnam, destroying. <laughs> I'm actually in. Vietnam right now, just running around killing. Okay. Well, I finally finished Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. <laughs> this is in the like the the 3DS Mario RPG series of games. Okay. 
Uh, I think it came out like three years ago. Holy shit, this is this was such an awesome game. It was just so much fun. It has all of the charm from like the original Super <laughs> Mario RPG. The dialogue is funny. Like all the bad guys talk funny. They, like they say funny things. Like the whole game is funny. The combat is good. It's challenging. It's got like the whole timed hit system still where you know you swing your hammer and you press A at just the right time and it does extra damage or whatever. And you I can love also and you can also it's got it also where you block. You know, you can, like, avoid uh, stuff if you hit it just the right time. That is kind of difficult on some of them. Uh, But it's got... it's. I don't... I think Super Mario RPG had this as well, where you could hold one uh, one button just to block, and it's not, like, a sure... Well, it's 100%. It will always work, but it doesn't completely negate all the damage. It just kind of, like, diminishes the damage you take. Gotcha. So you can kind of decide if you don't think you're... Like, there were, there were some enemies that I just, like, could not get the timing down on. Like, I just couldn't, like, didn't have the reflexes or I couldn't figure out the timing exactly right. So, I would always just block against those and just take a little bit of damage. And then the ones, you know, obviously that I felt more confident about, I would do sure. it the, uh, the timed way where I would jump out of the way just in time and avoid all the damage. Um, it's got that. The game is, you know, just like any Mario game, all the environments and everything and the bad guys are really fun, really colorful and all that. Um, the, the upgrades you get are fun. There's lots of different things that you have to do throughout the game. Like there are, you know, it's not just all going through and fighting bad guys. There's like lots Mm -hmm. of different stuff that you have to do throughout. Uh, one of the funny things is whenever you, um, so, so the whole premise of the game is, is like, I think Luigi was like grabbing a book or something and it fell out and it happened to be the book where like the paper Mario world exists. And the book like flies open and Paper Mario and Paper Bowser and all of the like paper bad guys like fly all over like the non-paper Mario kingdom. And so uh, you, you're playing in like a regular Mario world, but it's inhabited by all these, by regular bad guys as well as tons of paper bad guys. And it's Mario and Luigi and eventually you meet up with Paper Mario. Hmm. And then like, Bowser and Paper Bowser meet and obviously like they're going to take over the world like Peach and Paper Peach meet and uh the best is is um Bowser Jr and Paper Bowser Jr beat and meet and they like become like best friends basically and they want to they're like oh that was so boring when we didn't have another Bowser Jr around let's like make sure we hide this book so nobody can ever go back to Paper Mario world and they like become good friends and like do all sorts of mischief the two Bowsers, you know, like basically hate each other because each one thinks they're they're better than the other one. Uh, so Mario ends up joining up with you and Luigi. So your party throughout the game is regular Mario, regular Luigi, and Paper Mario. And whenever you uh, like get to a new spot and like there's a Toad waiting for you to like save him or something like that or, or anybody, he's always like, "Oh, thank you for coming to save me. This is so great. There's two Marios. This is gonna be awesome." And then he's always like. Oh, yeah, uh, good to see you too, Luigi. <laughs> yeah, don't like, you love that? It's so funny how, like, they just, like, shit-talk Luigi the whole time. Like, every single time you get to a new place, it's like, oh, fantastic, two Marios, this is great. Oh, Luigi, good to see you too. <laughs> and that's That happens throughout the whole game. Uh, my only minor complaint is it is it is at the very end, it goes on for, it kind of drags on for quite a bit. Like, I thought I was just about done with the game. And it turns out I still had like six hours to go. But uh, 
But it's, I mean, like, I'm mostly complaining that there was, like, more fun stuff to do. It, it, it was, like, it took me about 35 hours to finish the game. So it's That's definitely a, a long, a yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's a good long RPG. Um, but, I mean, I'm not complaining again because I, I, I really loved all of it. It was, it was all fun. So, I highly recommend Mario and Luigi Paper Jam for 3DS. Uh, I, I I won't talk about it yet because I'm still I'm not too early. I'm only I'm about 15 hours in now, but I still got a ways to go. I started playing gotcha. Bravely Default finally as well, and that's a really fun game. I will talk about it more when I finish it, but uh, but cool. I'm having lots of fun with that. Very Is that cool. it? Is that it for this episode? I think so. Of the CGS or CGP? From my perspective, yes. I think from my perspective, that's it. Quick reminder to everybody, I forgot to mention this on the last episode. Our game of the quarter, which is the new thing that we started, is 40 Winks for PlayStation 1. We are going to play that. Uh, Jay and I are both going to play it. And any listener, anybody who's listening who wants to play it also, feel free to do so and write in about your thoughts about it. We will be discussing it at the end of June. Which is just next next month. I was like, I was just thinking, I was like, wow, I really need to get on this and finally start playing it. Eight, eight weeks, yeah. I yeah, it's you. eight weeks, but I mean, like, if I don't get to it now, I'll probably, like, I want to make sure I even finish it in time. And I don't want to keep procrastinating on it, so I need to get on this. But 40 Winks is a game we randomly, it was basically randomly selected uh, to play. So play play it if you want to, and we'll talk about it at the end of the June. At the end of June, we'll give you a heads up on specifically which episode it, it is, one or two episodes beforehand, so that you yeah. can uh, write in an email about that. And you know, one thing I was thinking is I knew I could tell that there was like something not quite right about the way we were randomizing the games, but I was like, I couldn't quite put my finger on. It. I couldn't quite figure it out. It it wasn't purely random. Because, so, you know, say you're picking A through Z, right? The the way the games start off with. Okay. And, like, you know, I did a randomizer that picks one. Well, it might pick, you know, B or C or whatever, but that doesn't take into account how many games there are in each for, for each letter. Hmm, makes sense. So, like, if there's a million games that start with S, which there probably are, and, yep. like, one game that starts with B then it's a disproportionate chance that you're going to still get a game with B because it's just one out of 26% chance, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? One out of 26 chance that you're going to get B as opposed to S, even if there are many, 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 many more games that start with S. So it's not a perfect method, but I was thinking about that because I was like, you know, when we did this, it seemed like there was an abnormally high chance for that to be a game that starts with a number because it was 10 different numbers that we put on there. And then 26 letters, which I'm sure, you know, the 10 to 26 ratio is there are actually much, much, much fewer games that actually start with a number than 10 to 26. So anyway, just a little side note, we probably did that a little bit wrong. Maybe next time there's not a good way to do it perfectly, but next time a lot of many work. (laughs) Exactly. What I'll probably do next time is do like a through Z and then like the number sign. And then if we that get a number, sense. yeah. So get at one least through ten on the numbers, that's smart. Yeah. So it's still not perfect, but it's a, probably a little bit closer to to realistic. I'm proud of you, Robert. I'm glad you're owning up your mistakes. 
<clears throat> Thank you. That's my New Year's resolution is to admit when I make a mistake. In May. The year's halfway fucking <laughs> So anyway, quick little tangent there. 40 Winks is the game. It's for PS1. Play it and tell us about it later. Uh, f- leave us reviews on iTunes. Tell all your friends to listen to us. Send us emails. Mail at ClassicGamingPodcast.com. Follow us at ClassGamesCast on Twitter. That's where we'll be telling you guys what the top five for the next episode will be. You can follow me. I'm King Octavius. And um, I think aside from that, we'll see everybody in two weeks. Does that sound good to you, Jay? Sounds wonderful. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for everybody for emailing in. Yeah, thank you. We will see you later.